Would you agree? Welcome, traveler, to the Snuggly McDragon podcast. I'm your hope. I'm your hope. I always mess that up. I'm your host. I think I suck. I'm your host, your guide on this wacky, mystical entrepreneur we call life. Got a couple people to thank. Don't even get me to try and speak English. It is 2.23 a.m. Who knows what I've even been doing all day. Trying to record the podcast intro. Here we go. Got a couple people to thank for this week's episode. First and foremost, I'm going to send you over to Harvest Moon Coffee Roasters. You don't roast your coffee with Harvest Moon. You'll never make it in this life, kid. Hit up HarvestMoonRoasters.com, but only if you want high-quality product for an affordable price. We're also brought to you in part by Shift Sport and Wellness. Do you want to move more aware? Are you perhaps perplexed by a discomfort in your spine? Are you interested in learning more about mobility and wellness? Well then, my friend... I've got the guy for you. His name's Jacob Shane. Hit up shiftsportwellness.com and check it out. We're also brought to you in part by the Florabama Lounge Package and Oyster Bar. I love the Flab. It's my favorite place to go. No, it's not my favorite place to go, but it's with ease. Top two favorite bars in the world. And I am a frequent traveler of this world and uh, quite a drinker, so that means a lot. The Florabama is located on the state line between Florida and Alabama, right in Orange Beach. So zip on over to the Flab and grab yourself some fiddles and hop on stage. They'll take care of you. Last but not least, we are supposed to be brought to you by Q's Pet Peeve of the Week. But I don't have one for you guys this week from him, so I'm just going to make one up. No, you know what? I'll try and psychoanalyze him and figure out what he doesn't like. He, when his mom tries to get a lot of details about his plans, I think that kind of annoys him. He loves his mom, uh, his roommate. (laughs) Um, But you know what? Maybe, (laughs) I don't know. I don't want to get him grounded or anything, but... Sometimes moms can be a little, uh, let's say, over-enthusiastic in matters that perhaps don't really require their involvement. (sighs) Getting dicey here. Love moms. Love my mom. Love Mrs. Q. You're all great. But you know what? Maybe everyone has a little room for improvement. Um, anyway... 
Don't forget to head on over to snugglydragon.com. Check out some movies. Check out some podcasts. Got a really fun commercial for a sh- interesting shorts company. Should be up there soon. We also got a dope little short film called The Horse's Ass. Speaking of which, still raffling off two free tickets to the exclusive VIP premiere. So go ahead and email that snugglydragon at gmail.com if you're interested in perhaps, I don't know, watching the hottest new comedy of 2017. Eh, whatever, probably not that cool. My guest today is an astounding figure. The Mr. Mr. Jonathan Dupre. He has been a hero of mine since I was a young boy, about 14 years old. First time I ever saw him pacing back and forth like a like a, not even a mad man, like a mad bear or something, just eyes on the prize in a wrestling room in the midst of crazy training, trying to cut weight so he can win his first state title as a sophomore. He's not just a wrestler, he's also just a shining light of wisdom, positivity, philosophical thought, and he just comes from the best family, and He's he is my man. So I was eager to get him on the show. Finally tracked him down. Uh, got him on here for you guys. We get into it, baby. We're asking all the questions. He comes from a very religious background. I believe he is still a practicing Catholic. Um, so we touch in on all that. We we do the big think, baby. So if you're interested in existential epistemological conundrums then look no further than the snuggly dragon podcast episode 39 38 i don't know whatever it is love you guys thanks so much for tuning in peace Snuggly Dragon podcast. It seems like dads don't care about ripping through walls and stuff. Mm, One time, no. especially when it comes to rodents, mm. my dad there was a, a squirrel that was like running up up and down the attic. Dude just took a shotgun and started blasting <laughs> shells through the roof. Yeah, it's quite a way to wake up on a Friday evening. Ooh. Yeah, that, that's impressive. Um, my father didn't own a shotgun at the time. He might have otherwise. Mm. Plus, you were saying a hamster was running through the wall. Yeah, so a hamster running through the wall, my dad just took a crowbar to parts of the sheetrock in three different rooms. All right, so here I am thinking he was kind of systematically, like, detaching sheet wall. He's just hucking crowbars at it? Well, no, (laughs) he wasn't lofting the crowbars. The crowbars remained in his hand. Okay. Nevertheless, while he pulled out somewhat systematically parts of the wall, I mean... You're gonna get it like a, a box cutter and start like you know I measuring angles with a it. protractor. No, like you're gonna freaking take a crowbar, punch a hole, and then pull out some pieces. It just seems like an impulsive way to do a hamster extraction. Um, well, when you hear it running through the walls, you think the sheetrock has to go <laughs> because because short of well, no, you have to drop. Something in there, whether it's a trap to kill it, let it die. This is a pet of y'all's, right? Yeah, but how are you gonna get the? How are you gonna get a hamster? Block of cheese. A fucking block of cheese. Everybody knows that. Block of cheese. Okay, so a hamster doesn't fit through very small openings like a mouse does necessarily. Where you would say, oh, 
certainly we can put a block of cheese somewhere in the house and said hamster not mouse hamster will what's the find difference said block between a mouse and a hamster it's the same thing uh, i don't i don't know the uh species difference between the two i know that they're from the same uh family of animals but phylum i think it is yeah um phylum cordata whatever they are look they nice. know who they are i was bullshitting but you actually got yeah, some well some no they're actually not you. phylum cordata i know that much oh um, <laughs> if you say anything with kingdom animalia anything scientific <laughs> oh yeah like 60 percent of rattlesnakes are all deaf it's right. like oh okay yeah like <laughs> i appreciate your confidence if in you me. just I, say anything that's dangerous on my resume is bullshit artist yeah 100 percent but you got truth and honesty back I, there. I somewhere back. But you there, definitely possess. You definitely possess the artillery for uh, a little schmoozy deception. We'll call it. Anyway, schmoozy. back to your dad. I feel like this hamster extraction was a little. There's something else going on. It's a little right. more of an emotional reason why you start dismantling. I would not say that my father is not an emotional person. Um, I feel like with 11 kids, six of them being girls, you have to be um, at, lead, at least above par uh, emotional yeah. um, just to understand six girls and be able to speak their language. Um, that being said, my father may have had a little bit of emotion in this mm-hmm. son of a bitch type hamster running through the walls. Well, but well, okay, why is a hamster in the wall? Okay, so hamster gets out of cage. Right, um, Dupre family has a long history with pets. Okay, right. People who meet us now, uh, i.e., my wife. Shout out to Jessica. Shout out uh, to my babe. wife. Love you, babe. My, You're my gorgeous. babe. Mm. Um, my wife thinks that I hate animals. I love animals. What? I love animals. Um, I just don't like when animals fill in the blank. Right? When animals get into said wall right. and uh, disrupt an entire day. When animals uh, pee on the carpet or poop on the carpet and now I have to go clean it up. That's lame. Um, right. When animals don't allow you to go on family vacation because you can't find a place for them to be kenneled and blah, 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 blah. blah. I see. So, I'm so sensing a little saltiness over it's, here in the no, animal It's department. just a very practical very practical balanced look at pets gotcha. that I feel that I have. Okay. Um, my wife thinks otherwise, but I love animals. So, that being said, the Dupre family has a long history of pets. Um, one of those pets just happened to be a hamster who got out of his cage uh-huh. and burrowed himself into a wall and would not come out. Uh-huh. And I swear we fed him. It was not a fear. Uh, yeah, who the hell knows what's going on in a little hamster brain? I don't know. They, they just run on a wheel. Their entire life, and if I had to do that, I'd probably kill myself too. It's a good metaphor, though. Right? Isn't it though? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So what happens with the hamster? <laughs> what, what's What's the end of the story? The end of the story is that my father, after pulling out several pieces of sheetrock, couldn't find said hamster because said hamster was on the move. He wasn't a um, a lazy hamster. Said no, hamster. Dupre, he's an athlete. Yeah. Wow. Well, said hamster. Um, Three days later, was found dead in another portion of sheetrock. That's not what I wanted you to say. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry. Alternate ending. We found said hamster. Said hamster was rehabilitated nice. back to full health and wound up finding a nice female hamster um, 
and and having at least I think it was four kids. Wow. Yeah, nice little litter. The American uh, dream. Yeah, the youngest name was Benjamin, who uh, grew up to be a doctor. A fine young doctor yeah. of oncology. Yeah. Fuzzy Wuzzy had plenty of hair. Yeah. Bless me. Oh, bless Benjamin. Um, I lost. So you know how you get like class hamsters in third grade. Oh. I think one of the worst days of my life, and I haven't thought about this. I've repressed this memory until now that you just said it. I lost the class hamster, a hamster, oh, man. one night because you get to bring them home and let them like sleep over, and you bring them to class the next day. Okay. I was crying. It was, this was, I think, it was second grade or third grade, second grade, and I was just losing my cool. And my mom found him. Oh, mm-hmm. Save the saint day, of a fr- woman. Moms, oh my goodness! Can we talk about moms? Please, let's. Moms are so spectacular. Moms literally hold the world together. They save if the we don't day. Have mom, they are the glue that holds the fabric of society. I together. might not even be here if it weren't for my mom. Maybe. That that's that's up in the air. That's up in the air. <laughs> I feel like my I know my mother is a saint. Right, if she were listening to this podcast, which depending on how it goes, I may or we may not, not direct her to. Yeah. Depends how much whiskey I pour. That being said, <laughs> should she ever come across the statements that I say on this podcast, she would probably say, absolutely not. I have my own faults. Her her key term or statement that she makes to us is like, I'm just giving you fodder for my eulogy. Right, when she does something oh off the wall God. and everything, she's like, I'm just making my eulogy that much I just better. want my death right. to be <laughs> swagged out. <laughs> she's like, I'm just, I'm just feeding it to you, just siphoning it right down wow. to, your, to your pocketbooks. Yeah. Like you said, y'all have 12, yeah, but so then one, wasn't there 11, another... 11. Oh, one died? Uh, no. Yeah, it was Benjamin. <laughs> one got away Benjamin the doctor. The <laughs> um, yeah, my younger sister, yeah. She Terrible. was. Wait, nobody actually died, right? No, no. Okay, because I was like, I thought you said twelve earlier. No, 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 no. I, I might have said one of eleven, or I might have said one and eleven, but I am one of eleven. Gotcha. For all the faithful listeners, especially those in Phoenix, what's up, Phoenix? Oh, Fe- why? What's going on in Phoenix? No, just, I'm just. I know you have listeners in Phoenix, without a doubt, hundred percent. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, we have people in Taiwan though. <laughs> Dude, this thing does a geograph. I'll show you after we, we wrap. This oh. thing is like geographic distribution. It tells you like cities and states and countries and stuff. Like oh, in the shit. Philippines, I think like in China and stuff, it's popular because it's like dragon and <laughs> people just search for that. I don't know if they're actually listening oh, or if they dragon understand. What they're- oh, yeah. Snuggery <laughs> Dragon. Yeah. Oh, Snuggery <laughs> Dragon Podcast. Okay, shit, shit. <laughs> I don't know. Very random, That's very fantastic. random places. It's weird. But- okay. I just took a guess in Phoenix, but we'll see. I don't think I know anyone in Phoenix, yeah. but we'll check after. I think I was listening to a podcast earlier in the day from Phoenix. Huh, yeah. which one? It was a fantasy football podcast, for better or for worse. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was good stuff. Fantasy football's pissing me off. Uh, depends on who you have. I'm if four you... and four. Uh, I'm yeah. just not, I'm not like a waiver wire guy. I'm, I'm not going to like play the whole who's sitting this week. Like some dudes will spend hours and hours on it. I, I just kind of like the flip the coin mentality and go for it. Uh, we have a real, do y'all have like a loser has to do something embarrassing? Uh, no, we don't because it's a family uh, thing. Oh, and that's little, even more reason little to. sister is in it. A little sister. She's a senior this year. Um, wow. Yeah, old Gabrielle. Yeah, how you like them apples? Second to last kid is a senior in high school at Mount Carmel. Whoa. Holy shnikes. 
before Holy we jump shit. in that, because I really yeah. do want to just get into your yeah. family dynamics oh, and just like <laughs> how you got, why you're all the way you are. There's so much fascinating there's, stuff to get into. Oh, a lot. Yeah, uh, the loser of our fantasy football league has to stand outside of Abercrombie and Fitch in the mall, shirtless in jeans for an hour or until asked to leave. <laughs> and just pretend to be a model. Yeah. And I hope I lose. Honestly. I yeah. I would love no, I would to do want that. to lose. I, dude, that's going to be so I'd, great. I'd start sitting everyone dude. that scores points. Yeah, just just yeah. throw the whole just league. Absolutely. And then you're going to have one or two other guys go, "Hey asshole, I was trying to do that too. <laughs> I'm better at losing than you are." Oh man, I'm trying to think who I want to lose cuz there's so like you don't want someone who is going to be confident and like yeah, nail it. No, you want like no. Matthew Quitzel or yeah. someone who's going to be super oh, uncomfortable. The yeah. Time. Oh God. Just awkward. The entire um, time. Maybe Logan Samuel would be really funny to watch. <laughs> Michael Greaseaber is just the funniest he, he would, dude to watch do he anything. Would, he so. would live it up. He, he'd be. He, he would yeah. be great. But he he would be entertaining. But I, I want I want like l- uncomfortable, just Absolutely. pure misery and humiliation, yeah. which kind of sounds bad, but it's for a greater good, Jonathan. It's for my benefit. Well, I think it's for more than just your benefit. I understand that you have skin in the game, puns intended. But that being said, a lot of other people would benefit from this as well. I'm a big believer in the small things that we do in life on the day-to-day make all the difference. My, my wife thinks that, and probably other people too, but she's the biggest outspoken one, thinks that... Um, the small ways that I joke, the way that I do things that like aren't maybe socially can- acceptable. Right. Well, not, not so much acceptable. They're acceptable, appropriate. But, but they- uh, I would say that it's it's just past the line of like you know if you're if you're going out to a business lunch, right? Then. There's certain etiquette with that. Well, that's kind of mm. how she lives her life most times. I don't live my life by business lunch etiquette. No, no, that's shot. a boring life. Thank okay. you, sir. Oh gosh, I, I would never. So it's not, like, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but like please. emails. People think you need to be like super formal oh, in emails. How refreshing is just like a goofy email Best or like a voicemail that's like kind of stupid? Like it's just so much more interesting. Exactly. And if you send like the right GIF at the right time, or GIF or GIF, I, I've heard it so many different ways. I think but, it's GIF. I okay, GIF. I think so too. Um, I've been corrected numerous times. If you send the right GIF at the right time in a slightly inappropriate situation, an entire day is made for people, <laughs> and then they share it with their colleagues or their friends or their family, uh-huh. and it just reverberates. There are ripples that are sent out of joy. I agree, I am man. All about dropping even the smallest of rocks in the pond, so that the ripples go out. I'm a ripple type guy. You're like rip, rip, ripple-tillion? rip, rip, rip. <laughs> No, I can do better than that. Come on, we can do better. Rip, um, rip, 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 that was the dumbest tangent ever. I totally forgot what we were saying. Oh, um. No, I totally forgot. I lost it. We were going on, you said before we go on oh, family. Oh, last, okay, so last year we did a Comedy Central oh, style yeah. roast okay. of whoever lost our fantasy football league, and that was spectacular. 
I have I, so I record it. We did a whole setup oh. in the backyard. We I like had microphones and everything. Mason Trey I was who we were roasting. He had to sit up on the shed, and then whoever was roasting him came up and just like ripped into pieces. And then all of our friends, uh, while they sat in the courtyard below, and I recorded it. And honestly, I'll it's just, it's bad. Like it's dicey. Like some people went there because that's because that's part of the fun. You know what I mean? Like. It's, it's, I thought it was a, such a quality exercise. I thought it was healthy. I thought it was important to like lay out all your imperfections on mm-hmm. the table mm-hmm. and laugh at them. Right. Don't like keep them bottled up and like not let anybody talk about them and like don't go there because like that'll ruin my like all my sh- like no like embrace your imperfections. So it was a, a beautiful metaphor and it was very funny. We were laughing, laughing, and like only your best friends know how to like really get you like that. Oh man! So I have it recorded. They they're begging me not to release it, but. They don't really have a say in that, I'm do sorry, they? They or he? So Mason actually didn't get roasted that bad. Oh. It was mostly me. <laughs> <laughs> you were roasted the worst. Chuck. It was me and Chuck. Uh, we just got blasted because uh, we're easy targets, I suppose. But no. yeah, I got it all on my Google Drive. That so if anyone wants to hack me, you don't have to look too far for some serious quality comedy. If anyone knows Max's passwords, um, just email them to me. There's a monetary reward. I want my things leaked. I think that that means you're cool if like your like oh, yeah. trailers oh, leaked or like your nudes are leaked. Okay. It's like hey, shit. Let's, let's delete the last twenty seconds of the podcast and we'll get it leaked. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Ooh, like a special oh, yeah. behind the scenes. Oh yeah. Damn. Yeah, we'll do some leakage. Have you ever sent any nudes? Oh man. All right. So we're getting real. I have not at this point sent no. any nudes. I sent my first. Well. It depends on what you mean by new. <laughs> you know what? We don't have to get into this. We don't have no. to get into this. <laughs> I mean, look, we're there, so All let's right, just... Right. I've already talked about this. I sent my first dick pic this year. <laughs> was it a I thumbnail? Woke, I woke up one morning... Was that below the belt? Sorry. I woke up one morning, and it was just one of those, like, whoa, like, hello, <laughs> Max. And I just, I just went for it, and it was well-received. And it's all about the angle. It's all about how you feel the frame. Honestly, you don't want like a little wide angle where you're like this big. Am I supposed to not be saying that's what she said to every single thing you just said? Correct. Okay. No low hanging fruit here. Um, but have you ever have you ever sent like an ab shot to Bay? Just like or like a bicep? That's that's I, a nude, right? It's like your bare skin. I don't think that I've ever had big enough biceps. Maybe toned. Enough biceps? I've never had big enough biceps. He's lying. To send. I've, I've definitely not. I've definitely not. But he should live on the savannah because he's a lion. <clears throat> yeah, maybe Nala. Um, I would, I've never had biceps. You're pretty size. sim buff. Oh, God. I mean, I move faster than you do, so I'd beat you in a race, but. No, 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 no. I don't want to, like, scar your, your night. You Sarabi? could jump. You could. I was about to say, I could jump hyena than you could, but Ooh. yeah, it's just. Uh, there's just. Hey, Max, be prepared. That that's the song. Be prepared. I know. I'm trying to use Pumbaa or um, Timon somehow. Um, I just read today that they released the cast for. They're doing a, I think, a live action remake. Like, do you know how they're going to do that? I have no idea, but I know Beyonce is the voice of Nala. So you damn right, I'm going to be watching that. Yeah. Well, but is it Beyonce as a freaking tigress, or is it Beyonce? Either way, I'm watching it. The vo- yeah, honestly, I mean, <laughs> her voice is like music to my ears, literally and figuratively. It she, when she sings, it is very songful. It 
is very <laughs> is very songful. Yeah, without a doubt. All jokes aside, Yonce is that girl, dude. Mm. She yeah. just the power and the just the runs that she can do with her voice. Her her voice makes me buckle at the knees. Seriously. Yeah. And like, then like I look at her and I'm like, wow. You're just a strong, powerful woman that also has that voice. And maybe you're batshit crazy, but there's still something about you She's that is just... definitely batshit crazy, right? Yeah. Oh, God. She's got to be. Oh, 100%. Well, uh, there's you so can't, many That things. level of fame and like... And she's such a talented artist that it's like, you can't be that incredible without a couple screws loose, right? Also, you kind of just like read some of the things that she's said and done and you're like... Like what? Oh, I don't... She, I just kind of... What I like to do with people that I care about or respect is if they do things that I don't particularly find great, is sometimes I just kind of put them in a box and it's like, okay, there's like a little like screen, almost like a mesh screen between me and that box. And it's like, I understand that there are some reasons why I feel like this person isn't quite A, B, or C. But I'm not going to think about those every day so that this person can't move past those. It's just going to be like a thin screen mm-hmm. that they can overcome through whatever ways. But like, I try to forget some of the things that they do in small ways. It's just like in a category. Like, she's batshit crazy because of reason A and B. What exact reasons? I've, I've long forgotten those because it's not worth the space in my brain not that the space in my brain is like high quality real estate but like i would argue otherwise well you're being generous just that like i'm not gonna spend my time remembering that Mm -hmm. to be like oh yeah in that one article i remember reading whether or not it's true Mm -hmm. and i did the research to find out that it is true that beyonce one time broke into her boyfriend's house and blah 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 right i just i don't care that much I heard a really smart dude say the only reason, the only reason you're supposed to remember the past is so that you, if you like made a misstep or you like mm-hmm. failed somehow, that you just don't do that again in the future. Right. And like when you think about it, is anything in, in your past worth emotionally holding on to? Sure. Well, hold on because maybe, because cause yes, I mean. I can't just delete everything I've ever done before today, right? Those who are ignorant of history are doomed to repeat it. And especially a personal history, you have firsthand experience and knowledge from very formative moments and experiences. I think if you delete all of that data and those experiences, you're in for, you're up shit creek without a paddle. You're killing it with the the analogies and the metaphors tonight. And it's only been like 15 minutes. I want to say that I guess action is is the most important thing. Sure. So however you're going to react is probably based on whatever has happened to you in the past. So I guess you can't. Like there's no way you can just undo all your conditioning and forget everything. But like I guess there's no need to like – I don't know. It's just I think if you you still think – if you still remember something in the past and have like a strong emotional reaction to it – you kind of got to solve that and probably let it go, right? I think so. I think I think that you have to treat the past. If you're talking about whether it's yourself or other people, when you're thinking about the past, I think you have to treat it with really mercy, right? Um, St. Augustine said something, and 
part in my bringing St. Augustine into this. He's my he's, confirmation. Um, is he? Come yeah, he's my saint from confirmation. Not well, that I'm a much no, no, of a Catholic no, anymore. Oh, yeah, well, look, here's the deal. <laughs> I have a confirmation saint, St. John of the Cross. He wrote incredible books. Wait a minute. I'm you nowhere close. your own name? No, St. John of the Cross. He wrote The Dark Knight of the Soul, okay? I, I didn't choose Jonathan. Jonathan was David's best friend in the Bible. There's about nine million Jonathans, Jonathan. Yeah, but, but not in the Bible. There's one Jonathan in the so Bible. So I'm like William Maxwell Augustine Fisk, technically, in, yeah. the, in the eyes of the Catholic Church. Boom. You're Jonathan Steve? Michael. Uh, Michael. Yeah. John Dupre? Technically John of the Cross, yeah, because there are a couple of Johns. John the Evangelist, John whatever. That just seems boring to me. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you. It might be a bit pretentious. Repetitive. Here's, no, repetitive, fair. I'll give you repetitive. Boring, not so much. If you fair. were to read a five-sentence summary of anything the guy's done or written, you'd probably, I don't know, you either want to throw up or read everything he's written. Because it's, it's, it's polarizing. Do okay. you have a five-sentence summary prepared? Oh, or even just a one-sentence summary? Because now I'm intrigued. Okay. St. John of the Cross was a Carmelite, right? So take that. I, a take that mesh screen and order. put it right there. <laughs> oh, that's going to come back to bite me in the ass, isn't it? Uh, Honestly, I right. have no idea what you were talking all right, about. Here's so, the deal. So, so no, so, it won't. Yeah, so he's a Carmelite of the Carmel, right? Order, mm-hmm. right? As yeah, he went to Mount Carmel. Academy. Academy. <laughs> he went to Mount Carmel Academy. Absolutely. Lucky he wears guy. a long habit, just like they wear long Lucky skirts, guy. right? Lucky guy. You're telling me. Um, He's a Carmelite, and he wrote a book called The Dark Night of the Soul. And basically what it talked about is it talked about as you progress in self-awareness um, and progressing in the virtues, like real, true depth of character, as you do that unselfishly, you get to a point where the fruits, the selfish fruits of doing that are like void, right? You're not finding as much fulfillment in pursuing virtue and self-awareness. Right, because being selfless and, and doing good things, it's it's not like a one-way street. It also feels good for you. Like it's great sure. for, and it's a win-win, Absolutely. which is so important. Absolutely. But, so you're saying when after you do it for a while, it starts... Well, not even just doing outward selfless acts, but when you progress in virtue, um, and again, virtue, call it what you will. Call it character, call it virtue, call it... Positive development. Sure, positive Uh, self-development. A lot of philosophers call it self-actualization, where you are becoming the person that you were meant to be. And even if you strip a lot of people's religious beliefs and everything, just being a great person human right that that has to do with mind it has to do with body it has to do with soul it has to do with your uh, social interactions with other people we are social beings when you say soul what do you mean okay so as soul uh, okay so i'm catholic uh not just because i'm catholic also because of my experience in life i believe that what we have is a rational um free soul which essentially means a non-physical component that, again, for me, is immortal, that does not die with us. It doesn't go with us into the ground. Mm -hmm. 
but regardless of belief systems and religions included, I think it's I think it's undeniable to say that there is a super physical, above physical component to who we are. Dude, that, I'll I'll buy that. Yeah, cake. that that animates. That's the word I was gonna use. Yeah, that I totally animates the people that we are. We're like, not, come on, what like what? Reality is face value. Like, there's nothing going on well, somewhere. Like, come on. Well, and also let's just let's go one step before that. I would say it is ludicrous to say that there's no super physical or beyond physical component to who we are because at that point you're saying that we are a function of biology and literally every decision that you make in life, every reaction that you have, every quote-unquote emotion that you feel and therefore how you deal with it in the subsequent moment comes down strictly to genetics. Genetics and the environment that you're surrounded by. Sure, sure, it's nature and nurture, but it is essentially where you're born and genetics. That is it. That's That's what you're saying. That's kind of what governs like all of reality unless you believe that there's another thing going on, right? Another dimension. Sure. Well, it, it totally strips away free will, right? Essentially, you are not culpable for any of your actions Dude. if there is not something beyond the physical because you're simply reacting. If I say, Max, get up right now and punch your dog in the face, you're going to say no. But if I say, hold up, Max, you're not culpable for your actions because essentially you are just a product of your environment and your genetics. You have zero free will. You don't have an autonomy. You are just, based on your life experience up to this point, you are a function of both your genetics, right, your your nature and your nurture. So it I mean, that's matter. true. Right. That is true. You, you are a function of your nature and your nurture, but you also, I believe, have an autonomy to where you can make the decisions that you make. You're not simply... I can rise above my you're not, you're evolution. Not a complex, yeah, you're not a complex set of algorithms and experiences that brings you to this point to where if I say Max punch your dog in the face you have a legitimate choice now if I pull the right strings does it make it easier or harder to punch your dog in the face sure but but in the reality of things you have a free will decision that you are completely responsible for whether or not you punch your dog in the face maybe maybe Free will, free dude. So, so honestly, this is the kind of shit I fucking think about every day. Welcome to my life. This is what I struggle with. Free will. I was just listening to Sam Harris. You familiar with Sam Harris? He's like the world's leading atheist, pretty much. I know him. I don't listen to. He's a brilliant, articulate guy who is so interested in ethics and morality and stuff. He just doesn't believe in like classical religious. Substrates okay. and all that kind of stuff, okay. but he's a brilliant guy. He's kind of a fucking robot, which is a little <laughs> weird. But he's talking about free will, and I don't know, man. So, more examples because I'm not going to punch my dog in the face. But like, okay, give me something else. Something that tests free will. <clears throat> like you just can't prove it. Like obviously, I w- I want to believe that. That I have, like, here, I just picked up this dragon, right? Sure. Because I wanted to. But, 
but maybe you picked up that dragon because that cool. is the mascot, so to speak, of your podcast. It was the first thing that you saw. You were doing it to prove a point, and based on your right, based on your genetic code and everything you know, that has happened to me up to this point has led me to sure. this moment of Absolutely. picking up the stupid dragon. Life up to this point. Absolutely. Because of my quest for metaphysical actualization. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay, so free will. So let me ask you this. I'll I'll take it away from the empirical data whether or not it exists or doesn't exist. And and I I can see myself setting up the question or the comment, well, do it. It's the freaking opiate of the masses, right? I, I can see that coming Religion from this. Religion is the opiate of, opiate of the masses, but it's also a bunch of other things. Okay. I I would agree in a certain sense with that, that it's the opiate of the masses, because people use it as the opiate of the masses. But, be, but based on how people use something doesn't mean that that's what it is. Do people use it to be the opiate of the masses? I would decry every single preacher who owns million dollar mansions and this and that who I, raffles off oh hummers God. in florida oh God. <laughs> please look i am not gonna say that organized religion has not been perverted or right. christianity or even catholicism catholicism the catholic church absolutely has its flaws and i think that one thing that this pope who's a jesuit what's up, um is doing is kind of opening up uh, opening up uh, the discussion more honestly to what those wounds have been that the Catholic Church has inflicted mm. on society. Now, is he doing it perfectly? No. Is anyone going to do it perfectly? No. no. But I'm also not going to sit there and defend the Catholic Church in its entirety. I'm not going to sit there and you, defend. You can't. You can't. You, you, can't. Can't. you can't. And you know what? If If Jesus Christ himself were the or, or the perfect person were the head of any organization you could not say that that organization is perfect because it is still made up of flawed individuals i myself Correct. am a flawed individual so whether or not it was designed and ordained by god right which again whatever you believe on that it's still going to be flawed period it's still going to make mistakes because human intervention Absolutely. yeah Humans are flawed people, right? So, Catholic Church, Christianity, organized religion, all. You can put them in one basket and say, imperfect, made mistakes. Sometimes, you know, through my own study of the history of the Catholic Church and Christianity, I'm like, God, these guys are freaking screwballs. Yeah, wait a minute, 1200s, Crusades. Right. Wait a minute. Yeah, and and what exactly that looked like and what were the reasonings and what was the culture at the time. We have look. We it have. needs a software update, Jonathan. I think I think there's so much good stuff in sure. like Christian doctrine and all that kind sure. of stuff. I'm not a huge fan of like dogmatic, like these have to be Authority. the rules kind of thing. <sighs> Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just lay it out on the line. But, Authority. <laughs> but I think if you give it a software update and you're like, yo, like be a nice guy right. and act in a way that's good for yourself and for your loved ones and your family and for your society and your tribe and for your world. Right. Then hell yeah, sign sure. me up for that. Sure. I, it's just exactly like you're saying. Human, when you put too many monkeys into the equation, things just start <laughs> messing up. 
Yeah, monkeys like bananas too much. Um, Freaking bananas. I, okay, I have a question. You said be a good guy, right? Software update to be a good guy. Make sure you. My question would be this, okay? Right, because I would say based on my own experience, screw dogma, screw doctrine. Okay, I've done my own reading and and questions of philosophy and questions of social policy, right? Because not everything that the Catholic Church teaches on social doctrine do I say, you know what, like, that that makes sense in reality. It's I say it's a good thought, but in reality, yeah. that's bullshit. Like what? Like Okay, so... Like women can't be priests? No, I'm. I, that would get into theology, and I know that it's going to be very... Uh, it's a rabbit hole? Counter-cultural. It's... <laughs> Hashtag rabbits from earlier. Um, <laughs> hashtag hamsters in the wall. Um, rabbits holes. Right. Gotta love them. Mm-mm-mm. That's why they have a litter of 12 every month. Um, no. So women being priests goes down to something that... Um, that's such more, a that's such yeah, a it's, it's, cheap it's more, shot. It's more you were about to say something cool. It's you more about fundamental. That would, that would go beyond basic philosophy that can be discussed in a 10-minute time period. And it well, would, we got plenty have of to, time. No, we'd have to establish a fundamental, like, okay, we're both here. Okay, now, based on those premises, let's talk about women being priests. So, so we'll, we'll. So, agree- you can't, in one sentence, tell me why women can't be priests? Uh, not based on what you accept as premises moving forward. If you want the explanation, I'll say, okay, women can't be priests because <laughs> this is on a podcast. <laughs> here we go, baby. <laughs> All right. Um, women can't be priests because <laughs> here it comes uh, because there is there is a nuptial reality to Christ's right Christ as the head of the church right the head of the Catholic Church whatever the head of the body of Christ that's less offensive to some people the head of the body of Christ there's a nuptial reality yes nuptial meaning wedding reality mm-hmm. there's a nuptial relationship with Christ the head of the church, and his bride, the body of Christ, right? So again, you're asking me an answer. I'm saying that there's more philosophy and theology that goes into it's it. A, it's but a the answer, the answer is, first of all, Christ was best friends with both women and men. Okay, uh-huh. Mary Magdalene and um, the other Mary, whose name I can't remember, were two of the first people at the tomb after he resurrected, okay? Which, again, you're smiling because there's so Maybe. much... Maybe. I mean, like, no. says the Bible, right? <laughs> yes, says the Bible, which um, if we wrote a book today and didn't have video or audio, that would literally be the only way of recording it. So I, we can't expect audio, video, and GPS coordinates on Mary Magdalene right. for the day of the resurrection in I'm simply, I'm poking holes just to, sure, sure, but I'm to strengthen gonna, your I'm argument. I'm going to poke holes Please. in your argument as well because Please. the reality is if something happened and it is as true as the day is long, right, 2,000 years ago, you're still going to have people who are not going to believe it based on whatever historical evidence because it's just writings. Yeah. And everybody can I mean, doubt Yeah, if that happened There's yesterday. No right. well, I, yeah. I mean, and then 20 years from now, we're going to go, oh, well, Christ was photoshopped resurrecting. You know, it's like yeah. there's always going to be – you talk about empirical evidence and you talk about, like, well, what evidence do we have? There's evidence. It depends on what 
qualifiers you have on that evidence mm. because to the people of the day there's a ton of evidence right yeah. but again now we have the the rosy um, we have the rose colored glasses that we look through sitting in our lazy boys smoking a cigar going that's not what I'm looking for in terms of evidence mm-hmm. so it's just tricky because I know how heavily edited the, the Bible was over thousands of years right I mean there was multiple councils mm-hmm. to decide like what goes in what stays out and then I mean I think there's great stuff in there and like recently I've actually kind of gotten fired up again about the Bible if you if you can just kind of take first of all do not look at it as a literal <clears throat> do not literally interpret the Bible yeah, because you all, will not get far well, in the year 2017 yeah, and there's poetry in there there's literal like psalms you know, and, and yeah, songs I mean, there's, there's a lot of different types of writing yeah you wouldn't look at a body of plays that a uh, that somebody authored and say every one of those plays is supposed to be interpreted the exact same way. The guy right. does satire, the guy does comedy, the guy does all kinds of stuff. Plus, like, illiterate peasants were, like, writing these books, kind of, right? <laughs> and then, like, people who could eventually write them down, like, wrote them down and stuff. I, I think, are you familiar with Jordan Peterson at all? I've he's a clinical name. psychologist from the University of Toronto. Oh, nice. Fascinating dude. He's kind of the one who's responsible for getting me psyched up about the okay. Bible. And just reanalyzing it for for what it's worth and getting away from all the stone the homosexuals and Mm -hmm. and kill thy wife for being in (laughs) like uh, whatever there's there's good like overarching like thematic things there, like stories that repeat themselves and patterns that happen regardless of of whatever human organization it is like you got the Mayans you got Epic of Gilgamesh you got it's like these kind of things and like how he kind of explains Christ is like the best example of the most positive attributes from every story that ever could have been turned into like one guy who we should probably try to be like in order to have the best life for each other Hmm. so let me ask you a question playing devil's advocate which is one of my favorite roles to play take me out into the desert for 40 days Mm. baby and then you will be starving for bread so hard you'll love wrestling oh god you'll wish you were wrestling again i'm I'm trying not to do bread anymore no more flour (laughs) no more gluten is from the devil literally it's in the bible freaking scientist (laughs) tell me there's no science behind why gluten is bad and then I got this really smart-ass dude who tells me gluten's bad. I don't know what to freaking believe. This is the freaking problem. I think it all comes down, like you were saying before, to your own experience. <clears throat> Figure shit out for yourself. How do things work for you? Anyway. Sure. I mean, there are... Advocate me, devilishly. Yeah. I don't believe in subjective realities, but there is certainly... Subjective for, realities. Subject, uh, like, like your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. But in terms of things functioning with your body you believe in objective scientific truth like there's a world that is just how it is regardless of who is experiencing it and all that i i believe that there are certain things like that i don't believe that all things are like that absolutely not here's here's the deal it's hard to get a blanket reality statement i mean look gluten okay here's the deal killing someone out of your own selfish pleasure is always going to be wrong self-defense different story murdering somebody cold-blooded because mm. you feel like it, right, is always going to be wrong. In, in, in my book... What if it's Hitler? No. I, I don't believe that... 
you, you can just they, kill they're Hitler? mitigating circumstances, which is why um, my mom calls it law. yeah circumstantial um, ethics. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So so there are my freaking mom. Always, I love you, mom. Boom. So okay. So object, intent, and circumstance. Let me let me try that again. I am not drunk. Say that three times fast. Objects, intents, and circumstance. Ob- object, intent, and circumstance. Say holographic hieroglyphics. Holographic hieroglyphics. Recyclable receptacle. Recyclable receptacle. She stood upon the balcony. She stood upon the balcony. Inexplicably mimicking him hiccuping. <laughs> now I'm laughing. Inexplicably mimicking him hiccuping. Whilst amicably <laughs> welcoming him in. I hate you and your... She stood upon the balcony, agency. inexplicably <laughs> mimicking him hiccuping whilst amicably welcoming him in. Boom. I need more whiskey. Yeah. Plus, uh, um, cheers. We have so many tangents <laughs> that we need to, to like... <laughs> that we need to, to punctuate. Um, okay, object, intention, circumstance. There's the thing that you do, the object. There's the intent behind it. And there's the circumstance Let's use in action. which you do it. Because Ob- object, okay, I action. think of... Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Action, inter- intention, circumstance. Holy All right. shit. Action, intention, circumstance. Okay, so the action, right? Um, uh, Killing is not always wrong, right? There is self-defense, which is literally you preserving your own... So that's circumstantial ethics. Okay, okay, so right, so there is the action. that is a thing. Right, so there's the action, let's say killing, right? Which is most often on the other side of this, but there are... the, The action in and of itself is not completely um, wrong mm-hmm. based on the other two factors. It is not a good action in and of itself. Objectively speaking, we wouldn't well, say... Well, it that, is if it's if well, that person's trying to kill you. Based, based on the other two factors. But if you isolate the action, you would say taking a life is not a great Let's not thing. do that. Right. <laughs> let's not take a let's life. Let's chill out on the homicide, right. y'all. So to speak. Right. But then we take the other two into consideration. You say... Intention uh-huh. and circumstance, right? If your intention is self-defense, then that changes the the action as a whole. This right? is a Christian philosophy, right? I, th- I think it I remember is, learning is, this at Jesuit. Also, I think it's also Aristotle, huh. um, <clears throat> which, again, I'm not completely sure of, but yes, it is a Christian philosophy as well. Um, object, intention, and circumstance. And so that intention has everything to do with it, but then you bring it to circumstance as well. Right, you may um, the action may be taking a life. The intention may be um, let's bring it away from self defense because I can't think of a circumstance in which self defense is a bad thing. So let's say um, what if you're Hitler? Let's say, war. No, <laughs> let's say well, okay, Hitler so let's, in self defense. Oh my god! So let's say war. Right, let's say war. The okay. intention Ooh, is... War is tough. I know, I know, I know. So let's not get into that hairy bundle of monkeys, but let's just say We'll get war, into it later. Right? Let's say, yeah, bundle of monkeys. Um, well, there's barrel of monkeys, the old game, right, which just gets crazy, but... Um, let's not so, get into those hungry, hungry hippos. No, Keep oh going. God, please, no. Um, so anyway, the action is taking a life. The intention is, let's say, in war to preserve your own life. But then the circumstance is um, uh, a woman with her children uh, away from a war zone um, with her hands up, definitely doesn't have anything, any weapon on her. Her children are right next to her. And she really doesn't pose a significant threat to your life. Mm -hmm. Um, 
your intention may still be some neurotic sense of self-preservation and self-defense, but in reality, the circumstance doesn't warrant that, or, or war, right? D- defense of the country, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially, I'm saying like, well, in war, I'm defending my country and our rights. So and everyone who's not from my team has to die. Exactly. Right. So so that may be a, a somewhat noble intention in some ways, but not really. But then when you get down to it, the circumstance definitely swings it the other direction. You go, okay, really? You know, like that action is not justified right. at all, right? So so the way that I look at things in, in terms of objective and subjective realities, when you get to subjective realities, you go, okay, action, intention, circumstance is really what it comes down to. Um, I think that there are some foundational levels of truth that we all agree on, which is why it's it's not the purge every day of our lives. Right, you know? which is why we don't claw the shit out of each other yeah. and rape each other's wives right. and that kind of we're, stuff. We're not living out the movie The Purge every day of our lives, right. scrapping for whatever we want out of life. Because you can freaking realize that, hey, maybe there's enough to go around. and like Yeah, certainly. You know what I mean? And I think that's something that animals, like wolves, for example... If they kill something, they will just eat the entire thing. Right. And then they will, like, lay like fatty for a little bit. Like, even though it would be much more beneficial for their survival to Store eat a little up. bit, pack some of it in the snow. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Whoa. That went deep real Dude, quick. Dude, I want to stay in there. Come you, on. You were about to play devil's advocate on me and something. And Ooh, I, uh, I you forget. shot... Devil's advocate, you said... Was that when you said... Um, be a good guy. You, you gave me right. like nine paragraphs of why women can't be priests <laughs> without, without actually saying why, but we can, we can move past uh, that. That's a longer discussion. Devil's advocate on, you said, we need a software update on Christianity, on organized religion. I'm by that. Right. Um, At least on Islam, right? right yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Let's, let's not get into that. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Uh, okay. Sorry, I'm a jerk. I'm a jerk. No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm with you. I'm just trying to save your podcast. <laughs> All right, so devil's advocate, you there are said... No, there are no fucking militant Catholics. There's no yeah. terrorist Jews. Yeah. Right? Look, I'll say that there are some Catholics and Christians, I've met them, that are hateful, right? That the basis of what they do is not love. It's, it's a skewed version of... Hyper doctrine, which is where doctrine and dogma get their bad taste. It's tricky, baby. It's it, like well, here's the deal. You can, I think, uh, I think the foundation of everything, and what's also propagated in the Bible, is love. Right? Boom, boom. The foundation of everything is love. Snuggly. And there is there is a a filter by which you should pass every thought, word, and action. If it can't pass through a filter of love. Then it's not worth then doing. What are you doing? It's not worth doing. Now, sometimes love is not easy, and it's a little tough. Parents know this probably better than anybody. No, I'm not a parent yet. This isn't my enunciation of Jesse's and my being pregnant. Um, also, I wouldn't do that. Pretty sure, though. Literally huh? slit my throat. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but with the intention and circumstance, totally valid. I mean, <laughs> I get that. I would slit my own. Um, but. No, if it can't pass through a filter of love, then don't do it. Don't say it. I agree, and, man. and start to change how you think about it. I freaking... Word to that, dude. Love. Just... 
connection. I mean, because there's 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 good and evil, right? I mean, there's there's like a a way that you shouldn't go, sure. and then there's the opposite way that you should go. Yeah. Some there's people call a, it yin and yang. Some people, you know, they, they, there's a well, well, they, well they don't call it yin and yang, right? That's that's the complementarity of two things. Right? I like how that's order and chaos, right? Which right. is which blew my mind. We 2017, can. dude, talking we, about order and chaos, they're both so important. They're both equally they, as important. Do you, do you want to go on this? Do oh. you want to go on this right now? You want to? Where I go you every day? It? You want to package it and save it for ten minutes from now? Because that's dude. This is where I go every day. It's like everything comes down to order and chaos. Kind of everything. It's like like today was very chaotic for me. Honestly, it was a tough day. It was a tough day. Um, I don't even want to get into it. But it's like I can just sometimes when I just take some breaths, meditate a little bit, take a step back. Take some what? It's breaths. Ah, okay. Or no, 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 it, just, it, just it, just, <laughs> it just didn't sound like breaths. I was just making <laughs> sure that we were talking about the same thing. <laughs> take a breath. Uh, take some. Uh, <clears throat> take some. Sometimes when I snort some breaths. Yeah, wait, that actually works. Because <laughs> that's go. oxygen. That's, that's you know what? Snuggle monsters. I call my audience the snuggle monsters. Fantastic. Snort some oxygen tomorrow. You get, might like what you find. Get some of that oxygen high. If you OD on oxygen. You get a euphoric feeling. That's that's the reality of it. Have you ever done an oxygen bar like that? I haven't. I want to. I think I've done whippets. Is that the same thing? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. No, I think whippets is like nitrous oxide or something. It's like CO2. I don't know what it is. Dude, but it, nice. So you were like revving your engine in a street race. You just you were like, dude. You just like you're all nitrous out. I don't know what the chemical compound is, but you're like going in sixty fun. seconds. You just wreck a couple of brain cells. You have like a twenty-five second like, whoa, and then you're back. But anyway, but you have millions of brain cells. Order and chaos. Yeah. I had a lot of chaos today, and I think you're supposed to have a little bit because you'll never grow if you don't have any chaos. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're orderly and comfortable and everything's mm-hmm. working out all the time, comfort that's, that's is death weird. and staticism and. No learning. Comfort where greatness goes to die. Ooh. Mm-hmm. You got to have some jungle out there. You got to have some brush to cut through. Yeah. Um, I had some brush today. I was pretty buttered about it. But <laughs> kind of like how should how should I orient myself in existence is like mm-hmm. straddling between order and chaos when you say yin and yang. So that's what made me think of that. Good and evil. I don't remember why I was talking about that, but I remember... That evil is bad. Yeah, that's a great observation. And good is dope. Dude, dope. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So you were talking about some things are good and some things are evil. And you were talking about not how we balance that out, but... Mm, yeah, no, I don't know. You know what? It's in my history. It's in my past. And because it didn't lead me to any trenches or missteps, yeah. maybe I don't even need to remember Ooh, it. That's it. Whoa. Talk to me about the present moment and the importance of living in that. <clears throat> I think, man, you just hit on like one of the most solid things that I think about from every single moment of every single day. That's like that's like a – I call them pillars, Right pillars in your life, right? It, it, it's a nice visual for me. I'm a very visual guy. There are certain pillars in your life that are unshakable, unchangeable truths that you live by, right? And I call them pillars. Other people call them different things. 
one of the pillars in my life, and I think as humans, is the importance of the present moment. That we literally cannot become who we're meant to be in whatever way you look at it, to become the best human being that we can be, if we take for granted the present moment. The present moment is where all things happen. It's where the summation of the past It's like literally meets, the only thing that's important. Right, right. Because you can worry about the future, you can plan for the future, but none of that makes any difference if it's not... Because the future never freaking comes. Moment. Right, so, so you can... Literally what you're doing in planning for the future is you're taking the present moment and investing in the future. That's a good thing. That's you being in the present moment, investing for the future. Worrying. Slow that down. Because okay. sometimes, because obviously living in the present moment is important. Sure. But obviously setting up a positive future for yourself is important sure. so that you can continue to live presently for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. How do you navigate that? Like, at what point are you worrying too much? Mm-hmm. Worrying about the future and mm-hmm. not like... Because, I mean, I guess if you were living in the present moment and just enjoying that, that kind of could maybe get hedonistic and sure. hyper-pleasurable. And you probably just do whatever whatever feels good now. But isn't that good? So so if you're truly living... I think it's, it's, a, it's a semantic thing, right? So if you are living in the present moment... If you're living for the present moment then you are a hedonist. You are simply looking to maximize the pleasure, whatever you can cram into the present moment because you are living for the present moment. If you are living in the present moment, Prepositions, completely uh, present, completely uh, aware of the moment, completely there and actionable and self-aware in the moment, then you're not living oftentimes for the moment, you are living basically holding, uh, the way I picture it is, you're holding the lessons of your past, just the lessons. You're holding the lessons of your past and your present hopes, dreams, desires for the future because essentially there's a very small window where you are actualizing your dreams in the exact present moment. So most of the time you are holding in the present moment your dreams, desires, and hopes for the future. Mm -hmm. But that's paramount to the present moment, right? So that moment, the present moment, brings together the lessons of the past, the hopes, dreams, desires for the future, Oh, it's beautiful. Right. So so then what you're doing in the present moment, if you're living in the moment, is you are in some sense balancing um order and chaos. Order and chaos. Really that's what it comes down to. Order what you know, what you've learned from the past, sure. and chaos, who the hell knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. right. Converge in the present moment right now. That's it. Whoa. And so, and so it all comes down to that present moment. And I feel like, and again, whatever term you use, character, virtue, self-actualization. Yesitude. Um, I've been using yeah. yesitude a lot. So uh, in terms of yesitude, um, as you grow in yesitudinalism, 
right? Yesosity. R- yesosity, so to speak. That, that's what the ancient Greeks called it. I believe Aristotle um, coined the term. But whatever term you want to use, um, Jim Carrey, the yes man, would say that that present moment, as you grow in that virtue, that character, that self-actualization, that yesitudinalism, um, then I, I believe that you grow in your ability to balance that order and chaos in the present moment. There is nothing more crucial to human existence, to get really deep, but also to you, achieving, there, to you achieving what you want in life as the present moment. Because the only change that you can make is in that present moment. And worry is only you spending the present moment thinking about the future inefficiently i agree man in the future you are trying to stand in the future when you can't anxiety is worrying about the future depression is worrying about the past and the present moment is the only way that you can change the past it's like all we have that's literally all you have that's it it's like now boy but what about then no now well and and so as you balance the future and the past, right, you have to say, okay, what do I take as actionable items from the past to change in the present so that my future is what I want it to be? You, the past only matters, as we talked about before. The past only matters insofar as it helped me to direct my present towards a future that I want to – it puts you on the trajectory. That's it. I mean, think about data points. I mean, big data and everything. All of big data, everything that Facebook amasses and everything in terms of data is only helpful in showing a past and saying, okay, what can we learn from that past and from those trends? Let's change what we're doing in the present moment to project a different future. But worrying about that future isn't going to change anything it's not going to help the trends of the past so it big. is the present moment that's it that's so big i think so much energy is wasted on worry oh, and anxiety and biologically it's freaking poison dude i, I would drink an entire bottle of freaking whiskey each night for the rest of my life and still be better off than spending two hours worrying each day dude, that's you need to talk to my mom and my sister <laughs> Still working on my wife. Yeah. Who is a saint, by the way. God bless your wife. Mm. Marvelous singing voice and just a peach. Oh, gosh. Good for you. And she's a freaking smoke show. I wasn't going to say that. I am. I am. But I was thinking I it. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not even mad that you were thinking it. I think it's almost impossible to not think. You shouldn't be. I would also like to talk about this, about how, like, jealousy. What do you mm. think about... <laughs> What a great time to bring that up. Well, isn't it... I'm joking. Go ahead. Isn't it a compliment and isn't it a (laughs) delightful aspect aspect of existence that you have a beautiful wife and like some people will just be so overprotective of Mm. Bay Mm. as like their physical property that no one else can even worship in a way? Mm -hmm. That seems a little... Yeah, maybe Not worship good. wasn't the word you wanted to say, but appreciate. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. I so like when I see a beautiful thing, sure. 
I register that as like just the cosmos, like just ev- that's everything. That's that's coming from one source of beauty, of, be- of true beauty, which is like yeah, call it God, call it right, the universe, whatever, sure. the force, whatever. It's like just beautiful things. Mm. They all come from the same place, right? Mm-hmm. And I just like beautiful things. I just love beautiful things. Yeah. I love beautiful things too, and I get it. I um. So how does that get perverted into, is it insecurity that causes this this ownership, this kind of possessive perversion? My opinion, honestly, is that that is what it is. I mean, because if you have, think about it, you don't worry. <laughs> God. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, let, let, me, let me say the statement and then give an example. Um. If a relationship in whatever form is based on trust and respect, if you can if you know that you can trust the other person, then regardless of what people on the outside, how they're looking and everything like that, jealousy usually isn't an issue. Because you trust the other person. I'm sitting across, you know, and, and I know that regardless of what happens in terms of guys with money and this and that, it doesn't matter. I trust my wife that no matter what happens, none of that is going to be something that she acts on. It may mess with her heart a little bit because we're short on cash. It may, which happened in our relationship, not that we were short on cash and that that situation could have arisen. You don't have I mean. to get too personal. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, there were there was a point in our relationship a couple times where we were short on cash before we got married, and that absolutely could have been something that messed with her, mm-hmm. right? If a guy with a lot of money came, but my point is, regardless of those issues that we would face, I still have a fundamental trust that is not based on naivety because I'm a very naivety the layers. Um, that's not based on um, a rose-colored view of her and circumstances. Naivete. Oh, oh, pardon me, good oh, sir. Yes, naivete. Wow. Okay, naivety. Yes. No, that's not yeah. the word. Right, right. So, yeah, not based on naivete, mate. Right. So, um, so that you know, like I fundamentally trust her. To the point where, I mean, there have been situations where she's like, she she was almost like, I kind of wanted you to be a little jealous, like in defense of me or like in like, like I wanted you to show say that. Like I wanted you to, I wanted you to show like that desire, and I'm like, okay, would you want me to be insecure or not trusting of you, insecure in myself or not trusting in you, and show that desire or jealousy? Or would you rather me be secure in myself, trust you, and know that A, I could kick the guy's ass, and B, you probably could. it doesn't matter. Like, cause, and, and, what, and what it comes down to for me is like, if she were the type of person who would bite on those things, then quite honestly, she's not the type of person that I want to be with. Can I ask you a crazy question? Because I'm... I guess I myself am struggling with the idea of 
mirage. Monogamy, physical monogamy. And I don't want to just ask this, but if if anyone's partner truly wanted to, I guess, satisfy some sort of physical urge (coughs) with someone that wasn't you. Sure. Because of whatever, I mean, I guess biology or evolution or or whatever. If that was something that they thought they wanted, Mm -hmm. wouldn't you also want that for them? Like, is, is her acting on a very primal and I think important need hmm. is that what breaks all the trust in a relationship sure so I would ask two things I would qualify where where you, where you and I may stand differently is and and I've stood with her on different sides of this word need versus want right I get a strong compulsion all the way from from the inmost biology of who we are to emotional to logistical it 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 barks right on the door of the word need you're talking but about temptation kind of well, well I'm, I'm not even gonna say temptation but you use the word a primal and important need mm-hmm. so i would say regardless of what you're talking about that's a want is it a is it, I would ask the question, is it a primal and important need or a primal and important want? Because I would argue, you and I have both wrestled, we have cut weight, we have done things that no human should ever have to do. True. Right? We have taken our most fundamental biology, right? The need to survive, to eat, to have water in our system, and we have looked it right in the face and gone, no. Because my even my needs right i mean that is a biological need but drinking water my needs and my wants are submissive right under the mission of what i'm doing so i'm saying that there's a greater something that i'm going after that would make those needs and desires either and and the argument could be well, those were just put on hold, not completely nicked. Well, dude, do you think it was healthy for you to – you won multiple state championships. Okay, so let's take all the accolades away, right? Let's take all – Well, you away. achieved your goal. You – God, by the way, I would love to talk about your mindset during the state finals. Watching you and Ben Samuel, oh, my God, it was so cool. Jonathan Dubre was one of the greatest wrestlers ever to go through <laughs> Jesuit High School. Oh, but sorry, static. We're not get there. We're not get there. Anyway. Um, oh, I want to talk about the first time I ever saw you two. Okay. But – so I would want. I wonder if if winning state championship is a is a want, and drinking water and being healthy and maybe not stunting your growth is a need. All right. So let me ask you this: want versus need. A need is something that has to be satisfied. Period. Right. When you talk about a need, it needs to be satisfied. Like life or death. Yeah. I mean, you talk about need. Where do you draw the line? Like. Well, I'm I'm talking about a need is something that is that is uh, okay. Well, let's let's draw the the circle more broadly. Um, let's nice say, yeah adverb right. So let's say uh, the 
Okay, a need is something that for me to be See, that's too broad. I would say like... Well, dude, I like the wrestling metaphor. Right. So, so okay. So, so let's go back to that. Need versus want. Yes. The, the state title? Total want. It was not a need. Right. Fuck that. Like, well, but you need. thought it was a need? Like no, when no, you no, were... No, 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 no. I approached it like I approached a lot of things in life in a life or death mentality during my training because that helped me to give everything. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't approach it as a need, which is why junior year, when, I can't say that word, um, when I botched the state semifinals um, and was a complete bitch. What happened Let's that? just say, oh, that's, that's another story. That's like watching like Achilles like That's like watching fall. Achilles take off his armor, stab himself in the stomach, and whine as he rolls in the sand. That's how awful it the was. The kid was a talented fighter. Oh, no, no, no. Not taking anything away from Blake Savoy. Blake was, was a great wrestler, but... And you what? You lost overtime or some shit? Come on. You didn't, you didn't botch it, but you, don't, but you, you fell short of everyone's expectations. Sure. But like, and and on, literally, Jesuit lost the state championship that year because I lost that match. It was like the worst year of my life we, so far. We lost <laughs> so We reasons. lost to Catholic High that year because I lost to a Catholic High guy. And because one of your 13 other teammates didn't place a little bit no, higher. No, so don't you dare I was, do that. I was the only returning state champ on the team. Don't I was a junior, so I was an upperclassman. You want there state as a sophomore. Reason. It doesn't matter. The point is, the only one who should have at least just like kind of batted his place, like finished in what he was nothing. I don't agree with nothing you. I don't Zero. agree with you couldn't do anything you got third in the state tournament your junior year yeah I got third come on yeah look, go right, back we'll, look, we'll, because I'm still struggling metaphysically and I've already gotten over the fact that we lost state junior year so yeah, keep yeah. Going. so let's 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 move on from that need versus want is where we were so absolutely 100% want state title want recognition want all those things that was never a need and I never thought of it as a need. Wow. I set it in my sights like a freaking sniper as, yeah, I want this. But mm-hmm. I also wanted a high GPA. I wanted to have friends when I graduated. I, there are a lot of things that I wanted. But if you give yourself a safety net, then when it gets really hard, you're going to take that safety net. So I made it a practice to not give myself a safety net. So sure, during the times when... I needed to perform, I made it like it was life or death, like it was a need. But during the times when I didn't have to perform, and and again, practice was included in that, but I made it something that was a want. So that when failure came, there was a a soft land, I mean, not a real soft landing, but there was was a place to sit where my life didn't fall apart, Mm -hmm. right? Because if you make everything, or even those things that you care about most, a freaking need that has to happen, and you fell short of that. Where's, you die. where's the room? Yeah, where's the room to to bounce back? So during the times when you can uh, further your goal, be better. It should be a life and death situation. There's no choice other than being at my optimum, which means it's a life or death situation. But when it's outside of those times when you can change and make progress, it absolutely shouldn't be a life or death situation. Because if it is, then it A, controls your life, 
B, makes you tailspin if and when you meet failure. And C, throws your priorities completely out of whack. There are many times that I sacrificed wrestling for family life because family life was paramount mm-hmm. in relation to wrestling. And there were times that school was paramount to wrestling. There were also times that wrestling was paramount to school. But if you, during the times when you can progress, but when you're in the weight room, you're not thinking about how you should probably be texting your girlfriend because that's what a good boyfriend would do. You are focused. That's all that matters in that moment. That is where you are. You're giving 100%. So it is life or death whether I get this extra rep. It is life or death whether or not I do the extras. I'm going to go for a half-mile sprint series after my workout because that's all that matters. You can only change your goals in your workout routine during that hour. So why the hell would you waste your time thinking about your girlfriend and mm-hmm. your family? and your? You have to put school on the back burner for that hour. Pick it back up when you can change it again. You can't change it in the weight room. So why think about it? So is sexual gratification not a need? I think, se- well, okay. I think sexual gratification is built into our biology as humans, 100%. I don't think that it is a need. And I say that wow. very trepidatiously, right? Because, yes, it is a strong want. Strong, <laughs> God. Well, yeah, there's only so much I'll, I'll share on air. Coming from somebody who gets it, it is a very, very strong thing. I mean, it is I not. just had a, a student of genetics on here talking about how kind of ev- the the prime directive of every living organism is sure. to just well, produce your genetics course. and then make sure those genetics of course. get old enough to produce their genetics. Okay, but a very, very strong factor in the equation. 100%. But let's let's go somewhere else. Let's say... More primal than that is eating and drinking, right? Yeah. Yeah, more primal. (sighs) More primal? More primal. You can't survive to procreate if you don't have sustenance. But you can't procreate if you don't procreate. But you can still live. No, no, no. So we're talking... The most primal is self-preservation. That's fair. The exact next thing biologically is genetic proliferation right all right i'll buy that okay so the fundamental biological darwinian fundamental basis of everything is sustenance self-preservation and there are times when you and i have both and and other people have other examples of this but you and i have both denied that self-preservation in pursuit of something more. So I would say this, because again, the argument is, but that was temporary. I get it. Okay. Well, the something more is is some sort of connection that... Let, let's take state titles and everything else out of it. Let's go like freaking Buddhist monk, right? Somebody who fasts, who does like stringent workouts, somebody who has no worldly accolades because essentially that's what I was going. I wasn't going after the worldly accolades. That was a sweet part of the pot. But like that's not why I did it. 
Okay. You're such a beast. I no, I'm I'm not trying to No, but you are and I just love you. Keep I, going, keep okay, going. Shut so up, keep it, going. It's it's about the self-actualization part of it. So um or the, the yes becoming your best right, self. The yesitude, right? So so let's say let's take all the accolades away from it and say, okay, somebody who does that, not me, not you, they do that same thing. They deny the immediate most fundamental aspects of biology and self-preservation. Eating and drinking, yeah. Right. They deny it for some other reason. What's the other reason? Why, Why deny sexual gratification? Okay, so let's go to sexual gratification. So that you can achieve some sort of connection with another human being that's unrivaled by any other type of relationship you could ever have? I think that there's a fundamental, again, let's go back to fundamentals. I think there's a fundamental value to denying yourself, at least temporarily, of desires. Talking in terms of ordering chaos, I would say that denying yourself the uh, fulfillment, I'll say, of desires, whatever those desires are, they can be good, they can be great, they can be fucking evil as shit, right? Denying yourself of any uh, momentum or inertia, right, desire, it helps you to grow in the, almost like a, a holding mechanism, almost like a, your, your ability to be a dam in terms of order and chaos. So chaos, the entropy, right, that ravages this world, right, um, everything tends towards chaos. It takes energy to create order amongst that chaos, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. scientific, right? Everything tends towards chaos. It takes order to, to keep it ordered. Uh, it takes energy to keep it ordered. What I would say is we build up our, um, our ability, let's just call it ability, to create order in thousands of ways. Um, anytime we practice harnessing chaos right like being a damn free because chaos the 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 easiest path is to just give into that desire boom 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 every time arguably live in the moment right allow the moment to to sweep you away to be what it is yeah Yeah. to to dominate everything the moment at uh cramming as much as you can in terms of pleasure into the moment has hijacked your future right so what i would say is there is a fundamental to existing, a fundamental principle that says anytime, and this may be a bit of a stretch for some people, but anytime we practice foregoing a desire, something that, that pulls at us, it makes us stronger. It is a benefit. It makes us stronger. At the very least, it makes us stronger. I, I can't, it, you are practicing. Ordering the chaos. That is what you were doing in that moment. So whether it's uh, sexual the idea gratification, of sacrifice, it, yeah, it is. It's food and water. It's whatever you want it to be. It can be as um, as superficial or as fundamental as you want it to be. I think that not every time you're able to deny a desire 
Is it a good thing? Hell no. But there is an inherent value in every choice to deny a desire. That, uh, that makes you stronger. That value makes you stronger. It makes you more able to uh, be uh, autonomous, right? You are not a slave to your whims and to your, your inertias, right? Your desires, mm-hmm. um, to the biology or the psychology or anything else. You're not a slave to your nature. You're not a slave to your nurture as much as the moment for when you choose to be a, a, for, a form of stasis, right? Sometimes it takes just saying no and refraining from something. And so that's like a, a hold, almost like when you're working out, you're not necessarily like bench pressing all the way back up to the rack, you're just holding it. Okay, so that's a static hold, mm. but that's a very actionable thing. Mm. And then there's when you push the weight back up to the rack, that's a dynamic motion. But both static and dynamic decisions are actionable decisions and, and form the muscles, so to speak, for your ability to create you gotta have you gotta have like the higher goal of becoming your best self or or just any any goal Mm -hmm. the idea of sacrifice is very profound it's like i mean apparently this is what kind of what was the philosophy behind like when people would scrape their plates into the fire or whatever it's Mm -hmm. like give up maybe the best way to have the best future is to give up the best thing about right now Mm. which is so tough to wrap my head around Mm. but I just god it's just so freaking profound it's like (coughs) I just I think sex is is good sure I think it can 100% well not a I guess not 100% but it's like there's there's a way to do it that is proper and fabulous and i i wonder if all this possession and idea of like no it like just has to be us two like Mm -hmm. forever Mm -hmm. i don't know if it has to be that way man i don't Mm. because isn't physical touch just the 3d behavioral manifestation of love i mean that connection like and it doesn't even have to be sexual or anything Mm -hmm. but like i was telling my talking to my friend about this other day i could say i love you jonathan or i can say I fucking love you, Jonathan, and I'm, and you can feel that, like, and that's real and that's raw, and like, I think religion has kind of tainted the idea of sex and Mm -hmm. and made it this evil, sinful, bad thing. When it's, I think it's just like eating or drinking, and it's like, Mm. I think there's so many benefits to it, and and there's just all this confusion and and guilt surrounding this this the subject, and it's like. So I wonder if if me giving up the dopest sex I could have <laughs> would make me would benefit me in the most way would make make me the strongest for the future. I guess technically it would, but I don't know if I want to be that strong. <laughs> like <sighs> Let me ask you this. So I agree with just about everything that you said about sex just now. Um so 
let's take religion out of it. Maybe it's tainted it. Maybe it's and and I mean, dude, I've had but, so much guilt about like just sure. masturbation sure. from because of I, Catholicism, like. Masturbation is okay. Like right. maybe you shouldn't freaking do right. it every twenty minutes, but like but I, it's I, I not a sin. I get what you're saying. Okay, I get what you're saying. And and the reality is, dude, I have spent hours of my life apologizing to priests I behind spend doors. Hours, <laughs> I have spent hours of my life apologizing. Like I I get it. Okay, I think that's silly. Okay, so let let me let me ask you this because my thought is, I ask you the question instead. Could it be? Could it be that sex is one of the most fundamental, let, let's go, most fundamental need, like needs and, and, and great things, which is why it was so... It's intric- a yes. Yeah, it, why is, which is why it's so intricately It's a beautiful hard-wired. dance. And it's like... It is. Just touching is so good for you and, and orgasming is so stress relieving. And the, the benefits are just unbelievable. It Absolutely. doesn't have to be wrapped up in this whole fucking thing that it is. Look, it is so hardwired into our biology and our psychology. It is like, like okay, there's a God. Great. God created us so that we are sexual beings. Like, right. I mean, there's no other way... Whether you believe in a god or not, let's say there is a god. Okay, great. He made sex There's pretty something. damn important. Right. Let's let's just say for what um, it is. It is like top two. God of is what hard we are. to unpack, but like, like the thing that animates reality. Right. How about that? Yeah. So sure, the thing that animates reality. Right. The cartoon artist made sex so freaking important. Dope. Like top two things in life. Okay, right. Yeah. Agree with you there, 100%. Okay. So could it be that sex being so fundamentally important, and yeah, it's hardwired into our DNA so that it has so many benefits, right? Psychological, biological, like everything. You could almost say the world revolves around sex. You definitely could. Yeah. So, I mean, my grandfather, a father of 11, um, man, my grandfather Levy, Right, so my mother's dad used to say he was in the military, graduated from West Point, went back and taught math there. Freaking genius! He used to say, "Oh yeah," he used to say, "Sex is the most powerful force in the universe. It has brought down nations, sent them to war, made kings crumble. It is the most powerful force in the world." And I totally agree with that, hundred percent. Kind of is, yeah. 100%. 100%. And I don't think anybody could really disagree with that. I mean, even the desire for power is subversive to the desire Blow for jobs. sex. Blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me. But, but exactly. Oral sex is important, ladies. Right. I mean, look. I'm, All right, go on. <laughs> but, but absolutely, it is fundamentally, astronomically important. Mm-hmm. So my question would be, with such a high importance, and you think of other super important things in life that carry a great gravity and weight, even like it's in the same realm as sex. So I don't want to. What about use like it, but, confidence? Yeah, yeah. Okay, confidence. Yeah. Okay, carry such a a gravity and weight to it, right? Maybe taking it as something less than what it's meant to be. And again, meant to be in quotes, less than what it 
was biologically hardwired for us to use it as. Taking it and using it as something less than that, could that be the vehicle through which it creates problems? And, I, and, and let me, right, so let me qualify that and kind of say it a different way to kind of enlighten it. Meaning only so, married men and women should have sex? No, no, no. I'm not even saying that. I'm saying, okay, let's say that sex was create. Let's say that sex is best done and, and most beneficial to the person in all of the ways, biologically, psychologically, everything, and in terms of the self-actualization, uh, the, the becoming the best person that you can be. It is the best for all of those things when it is in the thick of given to one other person. And let me qualify that because there are lots of things that point to the contrary, right? Mm -hmm. Including all of the animals in the entire world, right? Well, not exactly true. There are some that are monogamous, but... There's but like two. Well, there are two, though. Right. The point is this. No, no, okay. no I'm not okay. making that argument. I'm there, I'm there. I'm not making that argument. The point is... <clears throat> If that's the case, right, where sex brings a person uh, to his or her fullest potential as a human. If it's just done with one other person, with one other person for your entire life. Sure. Let's, let's say that that's the case, right? Why would that be? Well, first of all, if that were the case, then what would that look like? Would it still be okay, right, if we, like, boom, lightning struck and it was like, sex is meant for one person to another, and we all agreed with it and we were all on the same page, however that came to be, would the animals showing something else and how awesome sex is even outside of marriage, like, would all of those other factors pointing the other way to the contrary of monogamy? Would all of those cease to make a difference? Or would we still go, yeah, I get it. Like, we're all in the same... Like, we know it's freaking truth. But I, I kind of don't want it to be truth. I would, I would ask that question. And then I would make an argument saying, I think there's something to the, the trial. It is a fucking trial to only have sex with one other person. That is that is not an easy thing. And, no, and it's with not. all of the animals everything that points to the contrary as that's what we were meant for, I would say I get it. It makes it that much fucking harder. Yeah. But it is a trial and I would say it makes you fucking stronger and makes you a better person. And and that there's something that I would I would go even one step I wouldn't say maybe further, but let's say horizontal, not vertical. Hmm. Uh, one step horizontally to that, I would say also there is a self-actualization. There's a, a being your best person um, that comes from the craziness and the difficulty of staying with one person. I have had to, to learn to grow in ways that I never would by being with this singular person. And I, again, I'm only, what is it, uh, about to be nine months into it. 
Um, yeah, I know. It's funny because that's this how long it dude. takes to make a baby. <laughs> <laughs> but but my point is, like, I have had to grow in so many ways. We just made, let's see, what's today? The second? Tomorrow will have made five years and 11 months of dating. Wow. Right? Um, of being exclusive. Correct. Correct. Of being exclusive. Hopefully. Um, so to speak. Jesse. Um, Jessica. <laughs> Jessica. Well, hold on, let me stop. It's like, I guess it kind of comes down to somebody else needing you, needing to be the only one for you. I wouldn't even say that. I would say because because I am very much because I don't think you should need something from someone else. No, maybe. I, I agree that you should be I think that there's something about being human where you should be pretty autonomous. Yeah, I I think I agree. that if you're completely autonomous, there's a problem because and this is my only because Aristotle once said that we are social beings and I think that everybody can agree with that. We are social beings. We literally, as babies and beyond, die without human physical contact. The worst thing you can do to someone who's in prison is put them by himself. Terrible. Exile is is the worst. It's inhumane. So we are made as human social beings. And as such, um, we are meant to be somewhat dependent on other people biologically we're dependent on other people but also in our interactions and for our i I keep saying self-actualization for our best human selves we are meant to be in communion with other people and so i think that the idea of being completely autonomous is nice because uh it gives you control and any lack of control we as humans are like this fucking sucks Right, and we fear chaos is scary. Yeah, we fear a lack of control, but built into our lives is some measure of a lack of control. And those who have tried to control as well as they can have still seen that as best as they can, they can't have a full measure of control. And so, I think that built into our desire to be completely autonomous is an inherent subservient uh, desire as humans that we are somewhat dependent on other humans. We can't be completely autonomous. We can't need nothing from everyone. I, I think biologically and psychologically, I think that's that's proven. I don't think you need anything from one person, but you just need things from people. Okay. I, I, fair. I agree with that. I don't think that marriage is a good idea. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's terrible. Uh, Jesse, babe, I hope you're not listening to this. I, I think hate it works marriage. for some. I think it it beautifully works for some. I think. But what about the other fifty percent? The marriages that fail. What about the other ninety-five percent of relationships that don't work? I'm going to go out on a limb and say... They didn't meet the right person? I'm not even going to say that. I think that... And this is... 
This is a, a controversial idea of mine. Lay it on me, this bro. Is, this is what I believe. It may make for a life of heartache, but I do think that this is true. I think that whatever you decide to do, to put up with, to move forward with, you can decide to do anything. Okay. So, you with with a so you are literally the most powerful being in the universe. 100%. Because you kind of are the universe anyway, like right. everything factors up to just one thing. So mm-hmm. like you are that and you're a tendril right. and whatever and like you can make anything happen. You can anything. make anything happen. Anything. Anything. So the responsibility lies on your shoulders. Okay? So uh, Jocko Willink, are you familiar with? Yeah, him? yeah. I love that dude. Right? I love that. Okay, Jocko Willink. Uh, if you've never read his book, listen to his podcast or listen to his audiobook, you need to. Um, he talks about taking full responsibility. Not, not saying that no one else had any other hand in the outcome of this event, but that I myself can only control this, right? This portion of things. And if I really pushed myself, I could expand my sphere of influence so that you can control more and more and more of the circumstances surrounding you, right? Oh, Mm. man, like I got pulled over for a cop for speeding. Well, you were fucking speeding, right? Yeah, but I was late for this meeting. You shouldn't have been late for the meeting. Take personal responsibility for sure. Well, I was late for the meeting because my wife was in labor. Well, you're still – okay, then take responsibility. Mm. You made a priority decision that your wife and labor was more important than you being on time and then you decided to speed, right? The point is you take responsibility for your actions. So what I would say is that in life you have full responsibility for your actions. That doesn't mean that nobody else factors into the equation, but you can cry as much as you want. The only way that things are changing is if you change them. So in terms of marriages... I hear that, brother. It is my, it's my belief that... And I struggled with this for a long time. It's my belief that when you make a decision about who you're going to marry, it comes down to one fundamental question. Based on the person that I know in front of me. Now, I don't know all of them. They may have things that they've never told me, which is shitty, right? They may have... I can't fit them into a box like, oh, for my wife, this is Jessie. This is who she is. This is how she operates. Fuck no, okay? The reality is that she has parts about her that will, uh, that will manifest themselves in ways and in trends that I couldn't have foretold even if I knew her perfectly in 2017. I can't fit her into a box, so it comes down to the question of, based on what I know of this person in front of me, and I'm comfortable with what I know about this person, I am willing to, even if those things change, even if things go haywire, to deal with those circumstances for the rest of time. And, 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 and again, that is controversial. It comes down, I think, to that question, and then when you're in marriage, because I believe that if you make a promise to something, and, and you know, fuck the term vows, fuck the term promises, if you decide to do something 
because responsibility is on your shoulders. Take it out of marriage. If you decide that you're going to make a million dollars in the next year, can you do it? No, you can. If you cared about it enough. You can do anything. Exactly. You can do anything. And so these marriages that fail and the the relationships that break up and everything, if that's true that you can do anything, then you can make it work. And that is controversial. And a lot of because people, I just think it's tough the, the the idea to make it work and like work at it. That's just it's tough. And I, it's like I think you work at it. It is it is not easy, and it's not when you go into a relationship, you think like, oh, this is my person. They're gonna build me up, sunshine, and help me to be a better, rainbows, hundred yeah. percent. Fuck no. And and Jesse and I had many arguments about this before getting married because I had a, a very realistic view and I was like, look, I'm excited about fighting with you. She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. that, that's what you sound like. But because I realized, here's the deal. This is not gonna be a cakewalk. Mm. Like, okay, as Catholics, what we talk about is your spouse in marriage is your path to heaven. What, what does that Whoa. mean? What, here's the deal, your path to heaven. Okay, your cross. You know what a cross is in Christianity? It's the fucking thing that you are... A weight to bear. Yeah, a weight to bear and your death instrument. Okay? Okay, so your spouse is your cross, your path to heaven. Your one goal in marriage is to get that other person to heaven, but in that process... You, you die. You are dying. <laughs> you are being purged, right? You are strengthening those muscles that we're talking about, that that character, that virtue. You are getting to a place where you are becoming your best self if you take it the right way. There are plenty of people who fail at a lot of things. Marriage isn't exempt from that just because it has to do with sex and the church says it's a good thing. Mm. Fuck that. That is marriage can fail just as easily as a business venture, just as easily as your desire to be a state fucking champion. Mm. Anything can fail. How hard are you willing to work at it? Have you worked harder at something else than you have your relationship? And let me let me say this. It's easy, based on my own experience, it is easy to shift the blame and and not be Total responsibility is on me. I can do things better even if she's this, this, and this. It is easy to shift that blame on another person because there's another person. When you're in the middle of a wrestling mat, you can bitch at the coaches, but it's all on you. Yeah. When you have a career, you can bitch at your employer and this and that, but ultimately it comes down to you. When there's another person in front of you that's the other quote-unquote half of this relationship, it's easy to make excuses for why it doesn't work. Mm. You really want it to work, it'll work. Just like if you really wanted to make a million dollars this year, you could. If you really want to be a pro athlete, you can. But you're not putting in the work to do it. It would take a total life change for you to do either of those things. You want to be married forever? You got to start freaking giving up things and putting in things that are going to allow that. Why do you want to be married forever? Personally, I want to be married forever because because going from person to person, 
there's only so much of a depth that you can get to. And you can almost like, um, I, I can't think of the analogy, but basically you can, you can spike in terms of your connection at different times and different relationships and you can hit on really deep levels like oh my gosh like we just had a connection but then things didn't work out or man when we connected in this way like that was unreal like that changed my life mm-hmm. that's awesome you can do that with different people and some people would say that that's the argument for avoiding monogamy that you catch different things from different people those you catch different people's peaks Right, different peak experiences with different people, right, and that makes you grow higher and higher as a person because you're closer to your peak, enjoying the extremes of life. Exactly, you're you're enjoying the uh, the best parts of connection mm-hmm. with all people, right, or with more people. But I would say that you can only hit those points with different people, and you are segmenting the the peaks to use the same terminology you are segmenting the pool of peaks that you hit so so you connect with um a certain person in way a and way b and then the next person way c and way d but you're not striving to connect with somebody in the more difficult ways that it takes to connect. The ways where sex is bad. The ways where they're sick. The ways where uh, you have three kids under your feet, you're not able to connect. I would say all the arguments against monogamy are the same peaks that you're not reaching with a person outside of monogamy. The same arguments against monogamy are the same peaks that you'll never reach or most probably never reach because when are you going to commit to a relationship that allows you to hit those points, those peaks, outside of a relationship that you say, I'm in it for the long haul? I just... It's tough as shit. It's just hard, man. Yeah. It's just not intuitive, and it's like, it's just weird because I've... Just lay it out there. Well, there's just, I think there's so much positivity that can come from just living in the moment and acting impulsively and and experiencing other people. Instead of just one person. But I'm still trying to figure it all out. Father Raymond Fitzgerald, deceased, SJ. Uh A good man, a future saint. You heard it on this podcast here first. Future saint, without a doubt, one of the best men that has ever walked this earth. Once gave me a piece of advice during spiritual direction, uh, which sounds hoity-toity, but it just means that he and I sat down, had lunch, and uh, he told me how I was screwing up. (coughs) Father Raymond Fitzgerald, SJ, tip of the cap. Once told me, he said, uh, Jonathan, I get the desire for, he called it spontaneity, right? That was the term he used. We talked about it. I was like, you know, I just, I feel like 
life's passing me by and and I'm just I feel like even like God right I mean the, the whole freaking universe like wants me to do certain things and I'm confining myself to this rigid structure of going to class in college and maybe working out every day and like but I'd rather fuck class and go out this night and like make a habit of being spontaneous and he said in his saintly wisdom he said being perfectly spontaneous means that you are living a very fickle chaotic life where you are not the author of your own destiny because it is based on circumstances on the wind yeah whichever way based the wind on circumstances blows. if you are perfectly spontaneous you are perfectly in control of your life but essentially not the captain of your ship mm-hmm. right because you don't have a general direction if you're perfectly spontaneous if you are perfectly ordered is the word he used right order versus spontaneity because they they can complement each other but we'll use a perfectly not spontaneous and perfectly structured we'll mm-hmm. say if you're perfectly structured then you wilt up like a flower. Yeah, and you're just kidding, yeah. kidding you, yourself. You are dead inside, okay? So that there's a balance between order and chaos or order and spontaneity. We would say uh, chosen chaos, maybe, or directed chaos. And there should be some of that. Like spontaneity yeah. is definitely sure. a virtue. No, absolutely. I would say that I would just clarify the term of like chaos. I would say almost like spontaneity is almost like a directed chaos, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I yeah. like that. Um, almost, maybe a slightly controlled chaos, but a directed chaos. So, he said, "True spontaneity, the spontaneity that uh, you want, is only possible out of order. An ordered life is the only foundation from which true spontaneity can come." Because otherwise, your spontaneity, quote-unquote, is taking over your life and not – and it's taking you away from what you, what you want out of life more than it's helping you in hmm. what you want out of life. Interesting. True spontaneity, Father Raymond Fitzgerald, only is possible out of an ordered life. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to have every day planned out. That doesn't mean that you have to like, oh, well, yes, I'm going to go to this at 3.30 and then approximately 15 minutes later after taking a shit. You know, like, that's not what he means. But he means a general um, order in terms of your priorities. Get your shit together. Right. Get your shit together. Make a plan. And then true spontaneity can be bred from that. I agree. And is... You can't just be a nihilist. You can't just freaking like, oh, the world's happening everywhere. You need spontaneity, but you also need order. Yeah. Wow. Life's tough, man. Life is a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say it for what it is. I guess it's better than death, though. Yeah. That's uh, something my mom always says. She's like, oh, I'm getting older. Like, I get older. And it's like, isn't that, isn't that good? What's the alternative, bitch? 
Sorry, Mom. You want to Benjamin kidding. Button this shit? Come on, Mom. Well, that would be weird. That would be weird. No, no. Let's... I'm truly going to re-listen to everything you said because it's just so profound and I need to like really digest this because I guess I have some... I'm, I'm missing something in life. Hmm. And I want to find what it is. But um, let's talk about wrestling. Oh, dear God. First time I ever saw Jonathan Dupre. Just so that you know, I've officially opened the bottle of whiskey, have duct taped <laughs> the opening to my mouth uh, as we're speaking, and will chug what? the entire Why? bottle. You're like away. my hero because of this shit. Uh, we walked, we were like little baby. So Hurricane Katrina was uh, my mm. eighth grade year. So I didn't wrestle eighth grade, but freshman year, ran in, rolled into the old wrestling room, and we see, God, this dude pacing back and forth like a like a murderous machine, wild man, drenched in sweat. He's trying to become 103 pounds. God knows why. Um, you just look like the biggest. Be- no, you know what? You were going one tw- No, yeah, you were going one of. Wait a minute. You're a year older than I am. So you were, when so you were a sophomore, you wrestled 103. Correct. The year of the hurricane, depending on what time of the year you were talking about. I was wrestling 112 during the year because I didn't, yeah, basically, um, I didn't go to a school that wrestled during the hurricane. Mm-hmm. So basically September through January or through December, I didn't wrestle. So I hopped in as second string to Michael Gretzky at 112 because we had freaking Weiser and White, mm-hmm. the, uh, the studs at 103. And I was like, well, I know enough to not try that. Yeah, <laughs> so... So I just walk in and I just remember you pacing back and forth like a like an insane person and Coach O was like, This boy's gonna win state And he was just getting us all jacked up. Like you were the first ever like beat like Bo and Re- Bo Rebold and you. Bo was doing some sort of medicine ball like pike crunches. It was like <laughs> insane. And you were just pacing back and forth and you just had this crazy look in your eye and just this dope like trap walk that I'll just I'll never forget. <laughs> Trying to get um, those traps back, actually. Just wrestling, man. What a trip, huh? What, like, Dude. I'm like bitching now because, oh, like, there's a lot of beautiful women around and I'm <laughs> trying to, I'm sexually frustrated. <laughs> but, like, wrestling, like, that's the hardest thing we'll ever do. Which, yeah. I, which Los always talked about mm-hmm. how it's like, this will be the hardest thing you'll ever do. And mm-hmm. that's good news because life is kind of a little bit easier after that. Yeah. Every time I stop and think about it, I realize, okay, that's kind of true. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not just killing myself physically, just not allowing my body what it needs to grow and lo- I'm dude, I mean, I lost 11 pounds in one practice. Like I I don't even want to know how much cuz you yeah. did plastics and all that stuff. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we called it uh or I called it my space suit. Oh, oh yeah, it's a spacesuit. How stupid is that? Why didn't you just wrestle a weight class up? Honestly, honestly, no, not honestly. Oh, okay, not honestly, because <laughs> I'm a fucking G. And, uh, <laughs> honestly, because like, would you let your kids do what you did? Uh, I would actually. Wow. Um, my sophomore year was not easy, but being in the thick of it, I think it was more painful for people from the outside to watch. Dude, Honestly. I was in I was in class with you, and maybe this was the following year, yeah. but your junior year, you were cutting to 112, I guess, 
you were in Dr. Levonic's class, you were like sitting down and you just didn't have enough muscle or fat in your butt yeah, fat, to where yeah. you had to you had to put yeah. a, sweatshirt uh, a sweatshirt yeah on your seat yeah. so you could sit down and not like bruise your spine. It was just it was just more comfortable that way. I mean, you figure the day before weigh in, you're all sucked in and everything and um you know, look, the reality is boxers, okay? Shout out to Rex Hanneman, best boxer in the world. Um, <laughs> boxers. He's got a fight uh, next Friday. Does Tomorrow he? night. Tomorrow night, oh, actually. Oh, hell yeah. Tomorrow night. Yeah, we're going to go see it. You should come. I want to come. Dude, we'll have a big group there. You should come. That's awesome. Okay, I'll get it's, details afterwards. It's awesome to watch him, too. It's crazy. Freaking right. And yeah, because he always freaking, talk about frustration, long, lanky, just tied me up, and I was like, fuck you, Rex. Oh. Him, him and Fitz both. Like, the two in the room fuck who just, Fitz. like, tied me up with their freaking long limbs, and I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm five foot three at this point. As fuck stubborn as Patrick Fitzsimmons is, oh, just man. that translated into wrestling is, is Incredible to behold, man. That was just—he's a beast. It was it was fantastic. Um, so boxers, you know, professional boxers do it as well. I mean, you gotta you you get to that point where you you suck down to you know your weight and then you blow back up. I think that there's something to be said for the body. I mean, even biologically speaking, when you put stress on it. It responds oftentimes in a positive manner. Now, continued stress, especially psychological stress, um, will actually be of a negative impact on the body. But biological stress, right? It makes you stronger, um, builds physiological your muscles. Physiological stress, it builds your, your bone density. It builds your muscles. Um, your, yeah, I mean, when a muscle is created, that's like, like when you do bicep tearing. curls, you're just yeah. ripping it you're, apart. You're tearing everything. So it rebuilds itself stronger. Right. God, that's a good metaphor. Mm. So, so that, I think, is what is fundamental to that aspect of wrestling. And, and I thought, look, everybody's dream in wrestling, once they cut weight once, is I can't wait to that year like you did, Max. Like when I can like eat and lift up to my weight and be fucking huge Fuck and I'm going to be awesome. That year sucks. Right, yeah. And then everybody walks around and they're like, I can't believe I have to eat five peanut butter sandwiches. And it's like, yeah. Like, look. It's tough. It's not fun to cut weight. And it's not fun to force gain mega weight. Yeah. Because obviously there's pros and cons to each. When you have to gain weight and you have to eat when you're not hungry. Sure. That sucks. It's all, it's, I would rather I don't know if it's as bad. Then when I, of course, because, I mean, I did both. I had to cut and I had to gain. And gaining is scarier because you're like wrestling giant or dudes who are cutting. So it's like, oh my God, I'm getting, trying to get up to 160 and Mm -hmm. they're coming down from 175 Mm -hmm. and that's terrifying. But cutting weight is like the most demoralizing, (laughs) psychological, just, ugh. Look, it's so, so that's why I don't think you should do either. I think you should just wrestle at your weight. So I get that. Maybe but, five pounds lower. Right. When the rubber hits the road and competition is a real thing, because we don't live in a bubble, right? Competition is a real thing. Yeah. Everybody's going to say, well, I can cut a bit more to be able to get to the next weight. Competition is the, is the uh, sliding scale where, yeah, if we all fall on a certain point in the spectrum well my perfect uh, absolute weight is 146 mm-hmm. well great but then there are going to be there's a sliding scale mechanism where everybody goes okay but 
I can cut two pounds. Right. I can cut six pounds. I can cut ten pounds. You know, so it's like, so in the realm of competition, we have the ability, you and I now, to look back and be like, oh, that was so stupid to cut weight. We should have just wrestled our weight. And I've thought about that before. And it's like, because literally college coaches have taken wrestlers and been like, you will not wrestle in sweats. You are practice. Mm-hmm. You will practice in shorts and a t-shirt because you will lose almost just as much, but you will also get your technique down better. And so then if you're still over another pound and a half, go on the run. exercise bike. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so I've I've thought about it a lot, but thinking about it, one of and again, we can talk about this more, but one of not only my proudest parts of life because that's that's easy it's like oh well you did something unthinkable great cool it's you're proud of it one of the things that i would pass on to my children the most is that part of my life where i say everybody around me including my family who knew me the best my friends my teammates people were going what the hell are you doing right mm-hmm. so there was all that negative motivation my biology and psychology said what What the fuck are you you doing doing? (laughs) and the logistics of it each week i would eat a hamburger on saturday sunday you know like this is fucking great and then monday tuesday wednesday i was like what the fuck am i doing like like i the logistics of it all three of those like realms converged to say don't succeed. Don't do that. There's no reason to do that. But again, I think there's an inherent value to saying, I get all the reasons why not to do this. And again, in the scope of life, we have to make decisions where we say, there is an inherent value to sacrifice and denying yourself your desires. But it's not always the best decision to deny yourself those desires. So, right? I mean, it's Yeah, not- but it's like, how do you navigate? Like, okay. what is the ideal that you need to strive for in order to make sacrifice okay. a good thing? So Because I keep say- going back to sex. <laughs> so yeah. like, I don't want to give that up. <laughs> All right, so I would say this. What is your goal? What are you striving towards? How do you get to that goal through the sacrifices that you're talking about? Mm-hmm. And... And therefore, is it worth it? I mean, because it comes down to uh, the goals that I had. And again, it it may not seem like it because I won two state titles and blah, 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 blah. But from the get-go, I was playing soccer my entire life. I fucking loved soccer. Mm. Soccer was my life. I loved soccer. Okay? I still play soccer. I'm not great at it, but I play soccer. I loved soccer. I changed it out for wrestling going into eighth grade year because I heard my dad talk about the character that was formed. Like, he is who the per- he is the person who he is today in a large part because of wrestling. And that's what drew me there. A knock on the door. Oh, this is, uh, this is going to be an interesting... Uh... Keep, keep freaking talking. I okay. Want, I want you to just talk to your mic about the experience of 
of winning the state tournament. Oh god, your senior year, like oh, after you won. Gosh. I'm gonna be listening. Let me go see who's at the door. All right. Um, like, just how did that feel? Like, I, I just want you to. Take- All right. So there's a little bit of a backstory, and I don't want to, you know, talk a whole lot about it. But basically, it, it kind of sets the background for how it felt. Um, I lost. I won, I won my sophomore year um, in dominating fashion. And then junior year, supposed to win the state title, blah, blah, blah. And I lost in the semifinals in a controversial match. You know, this and that happened and points were taken off the board and this and that. The point is I lost. And you can you can say whatever you want about why I lost, but the responsibility is on my shoulders. I lost the match. So I lost to this guy. Dude, we uh, were sitting in the sands like what truly, the hell is like, going on? Our yeah. champion, like <laughs> our like our mascot. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just our completely oh, I can't say that on here. Um shit the bed. Uh, I was going to say queefed, but the point is I just completely just sucked, okay? <laughs> Uh, no, it was a good match and this and that, and it came down to controversy and this and that. But the point is, I broke a cardinal rule, which was watching somebody else's match before I wrestled my own. Jeff Vitanis, stud of a man, wow. now married, is a fucking He's beast married? of a dude. Yeah, I got married like last week, two weeks ago. Congratulations. Yeah, I know, I didn't go. I didn't go either. He decided that although I was his drill partner, he wasn't going to invite me. I'm just kidding, Jeff. Dude, it's not a big deal. I don't hold Jeff Fatanis and Jonathan. You were bringing me back so Did hard <laughs> to just to just years, Jonathan, of 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 tunnel vision of of the hardest thing ever. Ah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> So keep setting the. I know. Okay, you, okay. I All like right. how you. St- so did I hear you started from sophomore? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. So I, I said I won sophomore year. When you won year. sophomore year, who'd you beat in the finals? Trevin Delon. Oh right. Okay. Yeah, from John Arrett. That was was pretty tough. Like get get into that first state title. Pretty tough. Uh, I don't know what you want me to say, but I had I had done most of the work. Okay, so here's the deal. Because I mean, weight. 103 is like you know it's not as hard as like the middle. <laughs> okay. Um. So I had cut weight. <laughs> Um, and All you done everything. Do is beat up a 103 pound person, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm I tell you what, uh, I'll cut down to 103. You stay at your current weight, and let's see who wins. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on you. Sure. I can't make 103 anymore. No way. You probably weigh more than I do now. I probably <laughs> do. fuck you, Max. All right. So anyway, um, so I, I did most of the work on the front end and worked hard enough in practice mm-hmm. to where the people that I faced weren't as difficult. Because I was wrestling, I mean, in the room during practice, I was wrestling 3, 12, 19, 25. I wrestled 30-pounders. So anybody that I wrestled in the room was going to be harder than who I wrestled. And that Practice was still, should be harder than performance. Exactly. And that was still at the point where we had a depth at our team where it was like, I was wrestling some of the best guys in the state. Kevin White. Yeah, Kevin White. It was freaking drill partner sophomore year. Like, Damn. that was not fair for all of my opponents. Fair. So anyway, no. In terms of how difficult was sophomore year to win, I mean, it was difficult because of everything up to that point. I teched him in the finals, so that that you match him wasn't in the difficult. Finals. Oh my god. That means 
it's a mercy kill. It means you you score so many points that they just stop it's the 15. match and they it's, give you, you the they give points, you the, the you win. Get Fifteen points ahead, and it's not like baseball. I didn't score one point at a time. But the point is, I tacked him in the finals, so that that was not as difficult. Okay, but, cool. but let's so move let's set on. the stage. Semifinals. Well, okay, well then hold on, because I'm still just. For example, the World Series was last night. One of my yeah. favorite parts was just watching the. Elate the slow motion elation oh, of dudes. So they make good. the last out, and it's just like, <sighs> and it's yeah. just it makes me like shake with with empathy and love and happiness and celebration. <laughs> so winning the state tournament sophomore year, you you like you teched him. Like I don't even, I don't really even remember. I just remember you doing your traps, walking your white singlet. <laughs> um, talk to me about that that feeling. Just like, oh my god, I've worked so hard and I've destroyed my body and like what the first thing you did was just hug you just hugged close or whatever i mean all right so honestly the uh because i never got to go out on those mind, on those finals mats man yeah, they're really not as, to. they're not all the cracked up to be yeah they um are. no honestly so we were behind at that point um we were as a team we were behind and i knew that with my guy because i had already beaten this guy two or three times during the season um, I knew that my goal for the team was to pin them. Mm-hmm. You get more points for a pin than you do for a tech in any other win. Six points for a pin, five for a tech. Holler at your boy. Um, but in a uh, in a tournament format, that would be in a dual meet format. In a tournament format, it's different. Oh, so it's a half okay. point difference. Uh, but but the point, I mean, it's harder to score points in a tournament format. So. Uh, a pin would have put us closer to winning the title as a team that year. So when I teched him, the entire ma- I had him on his back like four times. Dude, I remember like, like it was just like a little hamster wriggling around. I remember you're just this is like bear, and he's just like weaseling he off his bad wiry yeah, squirrel like of a dude squirming the whole yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and so I I was good at pinning people. I was really good at sticking people like. Fucking putting super glue on their backs, yeah, baby, and then putting them on the mat and like smoking God, a cigar. You're such but a badass. That was not what happened. Right? He was a wormy dude, and props to him. He's fighting him. He was, and I had him on his back four or five times. He didn't go down, and so I teched him. So when I got up, I was not happy. You're like pissed. Off. I was not thinking, "Yay, I won the state title." Because again, my the way I looked at it was not. Let's win a state title. That was not my goal. My goal was, and again, it sounds cheesy, but it was the character building. It was the achieving my goals. It was like... It was not attaching yourself to the outcome. Correct. It was attaching yourself to the process. Exactly. It was the journey, which if you haven't seen the movie Peaceful Warrior, is an outstanding movie Hmm. thinking about the journey as opposed to the outcome. That being said... Um, that's what I was, that's how I kind of set my compass. So when I was about winning the state title, you were butt hurt. I, I didn't pin him and I had him on his back five times. So I got up and I was pissed and they raised my hand and I was like, this is fucking bullshit, you know? And then it was like, yeah. And like, we all hugged and I was like, I'm still fucking pissed, you know? And you know what? That year we, we didn't won. win as a team. Yeah, we, oh, we no, didn't win. sir, we did not. That was my sophomore year. I don't know. I think it was like three and a half points. The point is, it doesn't matter. We didn't win. We had the opportunity going into the finals to win. I had my part to do. And again, my responsibility is on my shoulders. Everybody else had their point. 
and people didn't perform, but I didn't know that in my match. Mm-hmm. I had my responsibility, and I didn't do it. Period. So you were butthurt that you won state finals. Yeah, I was pissed. All right. Okay. Well, that's so, awesome and inspiring. Like Talk that. to me about losing. All right. So junior year, I'm watching my drill partner, Jeff Atanas' match, which I always preached to other people and was a rule for myself do not do you get emotionally invested you literally get physically invested in their match you are more tired emotionally and physically after watching somebody else's match you need to only watch the person's match in front of you in so far as you put your blinders on you only watch so that you're ready like if somebody gets pinned you're not caught off guard and therefore not ready for your match you're watching the match just enough to where you're ready when they call your name, mm. period. Whoa. Now, the only caveat to that is sort of a, a system that I tried to build that I think is relevant for the rest of life where you say, as much motivation as I can glean from any and every thing in life, I will take. I will be an open fucking Five mile wide pipe. Just a on, motivation for, for the satellite. Inflow, yeah, for the inflow of motivation. Just an electromagnet but of I will positivity yeah, exactly. and I will inspiration. I will attract and pull and scrap for every ounce of motivation. But anything that is negatively motivating, I will construct a fucking fortress. Right? Get Which is why some of our coaches and different people throughout our time, different times when they would say negatively motivating things, I was able to kind of section that off and not take it. You glean everything that is helpful from a circumstance and deposit everything else. And so that's what I always preached. Well, I didn't do that for Jeff Atanas. Why not? I let myself get caught up. Mm -hmm. It was an interesting match. And I'd always just been in my own world, but for whatever reason, and maybe it was complacence, I'm not really sure, but I allowed myself to watch that match until the last couple of seconds. I mean, I watched it all the way through. So then I only had like literally, I counted it, 25 seconds before my match. My stomach is like doing things because I'm thinking about that like feeling. That 15 seconds when it's like, okay, now I need to go onto the mat, put on my little thing mm-hmm. around my ankle and yep. shake the detain and go. It is yep. like. Whereas I would always be in the zone for like 10 minutes beforehand. I remember. I would be, I'd, be in the, I'd be in the zone. And so I wasn't for that match. So the point is, that, long story short, <coughs> pardon, um, long story short, I start wrestling and, you know, we get through the match and there's, again, there's, my responsibility is all my own, okay? So that being said, I'm the only reason why I lost. But um, I, I got a takedown. It was inbounds, two points. Well, they decided that it wasn't a takedown. Uh, when my knees, everything was inbounds, they actually took the points off the board. After awarding them and the ref saying that's two points, they actually took them off the board. Okay. Then uh, there were near fall points. Basically, it's a way of scoring points. And I got three points for that. And then again, the refs took them off the board. So oh a solid five points that were awarded and then taken off the board. 
and not because we might I'm, need a recount here, sir. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so then it gets to the last ten seconds of the match, right? Well, let's back it up. Last minute of the match, I wake up, right? Because my mindset had always been this is a life or death situation on the mat. Welcome to the seventh layer of hell. This is my domain, let's and you are going go. literally. You are going to hate stepping onto this mat. You will think back twenty years from now and wish that you had never stepped onto this mat. That was my mentality, right? Like, literally make it the worst experience in their life. Wow. Um, because, and, and my thought on that was, I'm not doing anybody any favors by taking it any easier on them. Like, mm-hmm. you are going to become your best version of yourself by... When your opponent com- is as powerful as, as possible. As powerful as possible. Like, I don't want to face teams when they have injuries. Fucking give it to me in face value. Like, give it to me as strong as they are. So, There's something truly beautiful about like the warrior mentality absolutely. like that. Like in that moment, my enemy, I love him because yes. he is making me as exactly. strong. He, my safety net is gone, so I have to go exactly. as hard as I can. Exactly, it's beautiful. So, so that was my mentality. I rationalized like, look, I'm not doing anybody any favors by taking it easy on them. So I will literally make this the worst experience of their life. Not in a cheap way or a sadistic not way. way. Where I'm, I'm not biting anybody. I'm not. But right. literally. You will never want to wrestle me again. You will see me on the wrestling mat and hope that you lose your next match so that you don't have to face me in the finals. Ooh. So, which is why a lot of people thought that I was a complete dick during high school. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, just the worst person in the world. And then I met no, him in college and they're no. like, wow, you're like a really nice guy. Why did I think you were such a dick in high school? Well, because if you ever saw me before or during a match, I was a dick. I was kind of freaking out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, that was sort of the the mentality that I went in with. So uh, being a this is life or death mentality type wrestler, I wasn't doing that during the match. Um, wrestled a good match, but wasn't doing that. And then 45 seconds left, I was like, I'm down. Like, I'm losing by a point. This is life or death? Why do I not feel like this is life or death? And so... The last 45 seconds, I kind of woke up, and I was like, this is life or death. Let's freaking go. But by that point, he's long and lanky, lanky like fucking Rex and Hugo, and uh, I hate both of them. I and love so, them like, both. I love it was so just much. like, oh, I love them. But, like, I, it took so long to finally, like, mm. get out and try to score points. Anyway, last couple of seconds of the match, uh, you know – a call should have been made. It wasn't made. The point is, I lost by a point in the last 10 seconds and this Ugh. and that. Just more controversy, you know. Um, and I'll leave it at that. But yeah, it was crushing. You know, it was crushing. But to a point that I said earlier, um, because that wasn't like my end goal, my need mm. was not state championship. Um, my need was the character and virtue. And again, it's still a want, but I made it my need, so to speak, that character and virtue that was built throughout that experience to where I was able to recover after a loss like that and say, okay, that was not my primary goal. So now I can wrestle back, win some matches for the team to get third. My primary goal is the person that I'm becoming because of this experience. That is amazing it wasn't easy i mean doesn't sound easy it sounds very counterintuitive but i think you're on the right track man i think the reason for for doing shit is not 
for the end goal i mean you have to set a goal right sure like so you have to give yourself direction but like the the dopest part is is getting there absolutely it's all in the journey and i know it's so cliche but it's it's for there's a reason why it is yeah so you lose your junior oh, year, and we so I, I lose to this guy, uh, Schmake Bavois. What uh, a dick! What a dick! Fuck this dude! Yeah, using using alternate names so that this guy didn't know we're calling him a dick. He's the nicest guy ever. He, he's a he's super like nice, brilliant, guy. Right, Lambda like, Kai, right? No, he was Sigma Kai. He was but Sigma, he's, oh, he's my brother's fraternity. Fuck that guy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Maybe he's SAE. I'm sorry. Okay, SAE. Okay, so Blake Savoie, one of the nicest guys you ever meet. Class I think act. he's. Catholic now high school would, dudes are beasts. Oh, yeah. Um, I think he's now a doctor. If he's not, he's like a year away from being a doctor. Dude, yeah. super nice. Love the guy. Whatever. I'm out. I'm out. Right, <laughs> we set the stage All right. for a senior year. All right. Team so, captain with a chip on his shoulder. Small chip. Small chip. And uh, his arch nemesis is not running away. He's staying in his weight class, isn't he? So arch nemesis was in 119 with the beast of the year, Rex the man Hanneman uh, wrestling 119 so I was at 125 the weight class right above I beat everybody in 125 uh, with the intention of dropping down to uh, Schmake's uh, weight class to come January to destroy to, to, to avenge to avenge wrongdoing that's correct. And one of those few circumstances in which I believe selfish murder is completely okay. So the a- intention <laughs> to bring it first. was yeah, ethical. Yeah. Action, Wait. intention, circumstance. So you you had in your mind, you said the, the way for me to become the best person I can be is to face my demon and and outman this guy who... To not run away from a challenge, right? And so I believe that challenges help us to be the best people that we are. I had been beat by this guy, so obviously I wanted to go back and avenge that loss, not out of pride, but out of like, no, no, he doesn't have a hold over me, like I can overcome this obstacle, but also um, I had beaten everybody at the weight class I was in. Like literally everyone that I, no, I I don't mean this in that way, but like. It's just cool to say. Yeah, like I, I had beaten everybody at that weight class, so it was like, okay, like, so this, like this is, it's not a cakewalk to the championship, but like I'd already beaten everybody multiple times in the higher weight class. Yeah, but it doesn't that doesn't necessarily. You and I both know that that doesn't necessarily true. mean that that's where the better wrestlers. Very are. true. Okay, so um, so you know I I had that intention from the get go of the season. Like this is what's going to be best for the team because Hugo the Beast Fitzsimmons is going to drop to twenty five and get him some. Um, and then I'm going to drop to 19. It's going to be best for the team. It's going to be best for me individually. Great. Awesome. So uh, so that was the intention. So uh, it comes to January. I dropped to 19. The first tournament that I hit Schmake Bavois in uh, is uh, the <laughs> ever-elusive Ken Cole Ken tournament. Ken Cole, yeah. So we have a match that is uh, similar to the junior year semifinals of the year before where he's winning by one point you know in the last 30 seconds and we're going 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 and i win i lock up a cradle i mean i lock up a move that scores points in the last five seconds to win so then the next time i'm gonna hit him is state two weeks later three weeks later so the, the i mean literally i had I'm sure he did too, but I had, you know, um, 
news stations that like, came in the room the two weeks before, like, so this is like the uh, uh-huh. this is the the story of the, the century, and, yeah, and like, blah, 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 blah. and I'm like, oh god, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, he wrestled, he beat me last year. I wrestled, I beat him this year. We'll see what state holds, you know. Whoa. <laughs> so anyway. It comes down to state. We both make it to the finals, which is awesome because I would have been pissed if, if he lost. Yeah, yeah, if I didn't meet. No, if he'd have lost, I'd have been pissed if I'd have won state and he wasn't the guy that All I right. met in the finals. Um, yeah, because wow. Oh hell, you, would no. you would you have just like asked him to wrestle you the following week? No, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm not that. I wasn't that prideful at the time. I would have loved that, but no. I, uh, just like a Rocky, I Apollo just Creed kind I, of person. I probably would have shrugged it off and been like, well, this is fucking bullshit, and I'm never going to be satisfied for the rest of my life. <laughs> Thank God. So, yeah, seriously. So um, It's like a so, movie, man. Yeah, so we meet in the state finals, and and so, it, you know, it's a close match, and um, it's just good wrestling on both sides. And Dude, it, was, it went into overtime, right? Yeah, so, all right, so... So bring it down to the third period. Of three. uh, Huh? Of three. Yeah, so sorry. Yeah, third period of three. They're each two minutes. And so getting down to the last, like, 30 seconds, I'm up by one. (coughs) Um, And it was a a match where both of us were, like, not really, like, opening up a whole lot because we knew each other and each other's wrestling so well that we weren't, like, opening up. Uh, We were being more technical and mechanical um and not taking big risks so i was up by one point 30 seconds left and uh and i had like just taken a shot um you know and i was i was creating action as they say and do you recall this or did you did you watch this like when you when you're narrating this both see i would have thought you would have just kind of blacked out and then woke up and like oh i just want to stay <laughs> no, no, because the yeah the way it went down it was very um, okay. So so I wrestled for five years since my eighth grade year all the way through my senior year. You know you you try to put yourself ahead of the competition. So you go for runs by yourself and you do extras and practice and everything. And my mentality, um, I try to always keep like always do the extras because you never know what of those like was it the extra 10 push-ups was it the mm-hmm. extra mile was yeah. it the extra whatever that puts you over the top above your p- component uh wow. opponent opponent so who in some way is your component right and my proponent so to speak i know I but <laughs> in this sense he was my pwned ponent that being said a um, postponement a postponement on the pwnponement um so, but that was always my mentality. So when you're always, when you're so often doing the extras, trying to train for those X factors, getting above and beyond the competition, um, you know, like you almost hope at some point that like those situations come to be, that those like crazy outside, like wacky situations come to be and all of what you've trained for comes to fruition and you go, Fucking right! I'm standing here because Thumbs I trained for this. this. Yeah. Leroy, Leroy Jenkins, exactly. So I tried to train to be Leroy. Um, so, so I always thought when I was training, I was like, God, like I literally prayed. Um, I was like, I, like what I want in the state finals. You know, you know what I want. 
senior year, and again, this was like since eighth grade, senior year, state finals, oh my, my last shot. Oh what I really want is I literally just want to go out there and destroy the guy in the first period and just make him look silly, or, or I want it to be a hard-fought match controversial in the last 10 seconds the ref makes a controversial call in his favor sends it into overtime and then we go into overtime and i pin his ass that's literally since eighth grade what i had like hoped and prayed for all right so how does the match play out senior year right i was not trying for this i was trying to kick his ass oh yeah comes down (laughs) last 30 seconds you know, I'm taking shots, creating action. Well, basically, the ref calls something, a, a call called stalling, that says I wasn't creating action. When basically, right before we went out of bounds, 10 seconds prior, I had just taken a shot and tried to take him down. Anyway, him. the point is, it was a highly controversial call, which was complete bullshit, that gave him a point and tied it at 6-6. Six to six, Oh, my right? God. So then... Uh, it, like the guy's already taking off his ankle bracelet, like his anklet, like he had lost. They go to the table. Oh my god! They decide the call stands, and so we're going into overtime. So I literally nod my head and I'm like, this "Fucking is right! It. This is literally my dream. Like God loves me because I hoped for this for the last Are five you not years." Freaking out because you're gassed out of your uh, mind. No, no, because you had trained for that. Like, you trained for the extra... You trained to be the best guy in the fourth period, in the fifth period, in the sixth period. Well, yeah, you tried, but I was always so freaking tired. (laughs) So, anyway, point is, um, the same move that he loved, um, that he had taken me down with in the junior year, the year before, like, twice. Which one? uh, It's called a dump, right? So, basically... I gave I gave him control. You. Yeah, I gave him control and this and that, and then he um, used my momentum against mm-hmm. me. So basically, what I did was I gave him the setup for that move in overtime when it was you know first one to score wins. I gave him that setup and said, he's thinking gonna, that he would go. He's right going to want it. this. Yeah. He's going to want that. I'm going to give him his bread and butter. You thought like that? Absolutely. Oh my uh, god. So I, I gave him his bread and butter, threw in an underhook. And he was like, you know, he's kind of sitting pretty in his perfect position and just knew that I had to be Johnny on the spot when he dropped his level to, to basically get his move. Uh, I, had chest, to re- I had to be expecting it to react immediately. And then he dropped his level just like I thought he would. And our eyes met and his eyes kind of got wide because he realized that I oh, had set shit. it up. And then I plowed him to his back. Um, and I was right there, set up for the pin where the dream was real, like everything is what I wanted it to be. But because he was long and lanky, long story short, like it was a weird position that we were in. And so I was like, you know what? Rather than like the controversy of maybe this and that, I had already scored my points. Like I'm done. I don't need to be prideful. I don't need to pin them. I'm done. I won. Let's go. Uh-huh. And so. Um, I threw in, you know, legs, got up. Rode his ass out. Yeah. No, I mean, first point first point wins. Oh, overtime. So right, I right. took him down to his back, and then I let him go to his stomach instead of pinning him. And that's the win. And I was like, all right, we're done here. Um, wow. So that that was the state finals match that I smiled after. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, this that was good. That was dope. This was good. Oh, my um, God. 
And that was the year that my family made like t-shirts that said Dupre Fan Club uh-huh. and had a cheesy ass picture of my face on their t-shirt. Anyway. What'd you do that night? <laughs> <laughs> we had the craziest uh, party of our lives. Had, well, there's, there's the first party with all the parents and the coaches and everything where we had pizza and chocolate milk. Oh, that yeah. was the best pepperoni pizza and gallon of chocolate milk that I've ever had. Dude. It was uh, anybody who says that pizza and chocolate milk is not good literally hasn't cut weight before. Because if you have those two things together, you're like, oh, God, I'm buckling to the knees. Like, this is as good as sex. I mean, it's, it's pretty damn close. That's probably better. Yeah. It, I mean, training be. and, and starving oh, and man. dehydrating it's yourself for that long. experience. It's oh, like, it's fantastic. The grease and the cream and the, yeah, it's just fantastic. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, all puns intended. Um, anyway, what did we do? We went to that party, and then we had a party at hashtag Batbrunner's house. Oopsie. Oopsie. Well, the oopsie wasn't the party. The oopsie was a certain person uh, who shall remain nameless. Uh, Dude, that, like, altered the course of my life because yeah. of what he did. Yeah, he decided to bring uh, weed to the party. Um, I almost punched him in the face when I found out. But anyway, then... Uh, well, I was cool with that part. I'm talking about the guy who told on us and ratted well, us out to the freaking school the Well, yeah, day. I mean, the deal is there's the person who brought it and the, and the person who told. Both guys are complete douchebags. Um, and either way, Top called me, Top the disciplinarian for Jesuit High School, New Orleans. We can say uh, whatever we want about him right now. Oh, 100%. Well, he, he loves me now. I mean, know? I kind of love him too i didn't say i loved him i said he loved me uh and that's because i had brothers behind me right uh that he could love on anyway the point is he called me into his office and he's like you're gonna tell me who the fuck brought the weed blah, 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 blah. like intimidation tactics and i was like top you we both know that i'm not telling you and so you i got that i was i was brash with the guy I was like, I was like, top. Like, yeah, you're just coming off a state I was like, championship. You don't what? Give a no, fuck. no, no. Just like, <laughs> fuck that. Like, you, I know that he's going to respect me more if I don't tell him. I know it's his job for me to, to get me to tell him. Huh. But the reality is, he and I both know the type of person that I am and that you are, Max. And, and like, what the reality is, like, I'm not telling him. So I looked him in the face and he, you know, he starts screaming at me and I'm just kind of smiling. And I'm just like, what would you like me to do? And he's like, I want you to fucking tell me you brought the fucking weed. Like, don't think I don't already know. And I was like, well, if you already know, then why are you asking me? Why am I here, Because I need collaboration. I'm like, all right, well, here's the deal. You and I both know I'm not telling you. And you can do what you want. But I'm not telling you for a number of reasons. And I was like, so what else? You know, like, the reality is I'm sure plenty of people said that to him. I'm not like a freaking maverick for saying that. But I looked him in the face and I was like, we both know that I'm not telling you who brought it. Wow. And he's like, Mr. Dupre, that is fucking bullshit. I can't believe. And he started cursing me out. And I was like, I was like, okay, cool. Like, we uh we done here? Or are you gonna keep you know, it's like I was just I was super brash with him because I get where he's coming from, but the audacity so to have that, yeah, absolutely not. Not a shot. Not a shot. So anyway, Dude, that, I, uh, like, I was changed not, the course of my life. Yeah, was, I, I wasn't eligible for certain like Jesuit awards that I had like yeah. always aspired to, and like yeah. things again, like the care. I couldn't the, run for student council the yeah, next year. Yeah, and then I didn't get into any other college except LSU when I applied. Yep. Is it because I got suspended? 
Exactly. Is it because this guy, for some reason, decided to tell his parents, and his parents told the school instead of settling it in-house? I know. Mm, these are questions. Are there answers? We don't know. There are answers, but are the answers known? Who's to say? Do you know who it was? Who told um This is delicious whiskey. We don't have to say it on, on the mics, mm. but... And I'm sure he since has regretted his decision. Maybe. But... Yeah, talk about, first of all, talk about a dope party. Like, <laughs> one of the best parties time. I've ever <laughs> been to. And, I mean, we have won, and, like, it was unbelievable. That but was, We locked it up before the finals. Yeah, I mean, that was the year that I broke dang. my ankle, and I didn't get to I know, partake. I know, I know. And I watched my, still there. my best you're friends right. win a state championship <laughs> without me, <laughs> which happens. Hey, part of the team, man. Every part of the single ship, person. part of the crew, part of the ship, part of the crew. Um, I don't think I had a non-zero effect on the team that year, Not even close. so I don't lose sleep over it anymore. <laughs> Injuries are lame. Injuries suck, especially when the guy who was waxing the floor with you all year chokes on the other side of the bracket that you would have been in, and then in your weight class, the fifth seed and an unseated dude are in the finals. The fifth seed, whom you've already beaten multiple times. And then because of maybe you're not getting to prove yourself in the state tournament and maybe even getting a state championship under your belt, mm-hmm. you have to gain four weight classes the next year. Yeah. And it's a whole it's a whole sad, sob story. Yeah. But um So junior year, the year that I lost in that controversial bullshit match, uh, the guy that was the two guys on the other side of the bracket. One was Tyler Richardson from Brother Martin. Mm. He had a broken elbow. He had a broken elbow. He couldn't. He could barely wrestle. He had it wrapped up. I had already pinned the guy, teched the guy, and everything you else. Destroyed the guy five times through the year. He's a the nice guy, guy, by the way. I oh, like him. Super nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and really, he's brilliant. He's an engineer. Really? Yeah. He's. I mean, he's. He does CrossFit. I see him sometimes. He's he? a beast. Yeah. Okay. No, he's he's a good guy. He really is. I know. I mean, yeah. I know some of his family too. And then the other guy was the guy that I had beaten the previous year and multiple times that year, Trevin DeLon, right. who got so angry at a certain, like, um, at a match during the day, he punched a wall and broke his hand. Oh, yeah. So the guy who had a broken elbow got a free ride to the finals because the guy who broke his hand punching a wall wasn't able to wrestle. So I just watched the one guy out of four who could wrestle. Yeah. Move on to the finals in a match that was just complete bullshit. Life is a bitch. Especially in high school. La vie. (laughs) Say la vie. I don't even speak French, but say la vie. Vie la se, my man. I agree. Viva la vida. Well, this dog is about to get strangled and drowned in the hot tub in the back. Yeah, you. Ooh, hot tub. So, unfortunately, we have to... Wrap up this delightful conversation. But... fair enough. Mr. Duke... Well, before we do that... Please. Um... And in so many ways, I think people can glean lessons from this conversation. I hope that's mm. kind of the point, right? That we can better society through our dialogue. Yeah. But if you want to just end with one little piece of advice for how to make the world a better place, that's generally how I like to conclude. Sneaker, I swear to God, I'm punch you in your face! Now, now that is a free will decision that he has. <laughs> Full circle, bitch. I actually, dude, I wasn't even thinking. I <gasps> like them oh, apples. Oh, no. All right, all right. The dog me, punch. Yeah, let me save you on the dog punch. Um, all right, so 
I think that the way to make the world a better place. Um, fuck. Jeez. It's whining. Um, all right. So I think it comes down to a few things, but fundamentally, I, if you haven't learned, I'm, I'm a man of analogies, for better or for worse. I like to look at each person as sort of like a triangular prism, so to speak, right? The person that I see in front of me is the, um, is the single point, and behind them extends sort of a triangle um, of people and experiences. Mm-hmm. And so this person that I see in front of me, what they say, what they think, what they do, is a summation of the way that they have handled all the people and experiences in their life up to that point. So if somebody is a complete asshole on the road driving, okay. There are assholes in their past. Well, they're they're assholes because of things that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it nobody helps. wants to be an asshole. No, no. Nobody sets out to be an asshole. So if I think of each person as a sort of triangle culminating at the point in the front, but a triangle extending back from them on either side. Mm -hmm. Of people and experiences, it helps me to be able to try to understand them better, to empathize with them more, to not lash out when I'm hurt, offended, whatever, by them, but to try to understand them better. It's basically a vehicle by which... I am able to try to understand people more before I think about my own thoughts and feelings. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's a blend of, (coughs) excuse me, it's a blend of self-awareness and a strive for empathy real empathy not sympathy not the bullshit like i'm so sorry a true what if empathy. you try and sound like a jerk you go british accent oh do i you've done it multiple times yeah i i do a lot of different accents um for better or for worse and it just so happens that british is tonight just yeah. british people are just right, like, yeah, just like a complete oh, right, maniac like, I'm sorry. right i'm so sorry sympathy. i'm a douchewagon right. right exactly <laughs> But I think it comes down to um, instead of thinking about why somebody else shouldn't have done what they did, to see somebody as that sort of triangle of people and experiences that came before this present moment, um, to try to understand them more. And it leads us to asking questions more than making statements and making judgments. Mm. And I think the more questions that we ask, genuine, heartfelt questions, not bullshit questions for the sake of asking questions. Mm -hmm. The genuine questions that we ask while we are, again, to bring it back to different things that we've talked about, holding back the chaos that seeks to overtake our own emotions, as we hold that chaos back and create order, and try to create a space for somebody to be someone other than who we're judging them to be immediately, mm-hmm. that is how the world becomes a better place. Because 
people say things about Hillary supporters and Trump supporters and pro-life and pro-choice and politics and not politics, Catholics and the, everybody, there's division amongst ideas that can easily uh, trigger things for people where they just write people off. Mm -hmm. And if we go outside of that and try to understand where people are coming from, to understand where they are, they're not just a Trump supporter or a Hillary supporter. They're they trying to care about, right, they care about this issue, this issue, and this issue, and haven't been exposed to this issue and this issue. Mm-hmm. So they're, so they're going to so take support- priority in whatever exactly. they are. Yeah. So to see each person throughout your day as a triangle, um, I think, is the fundamental way that we uh, make the world a better place. I think that's an incredible answer to pack on to the other incredible answers that you've given me tonight. Um, for my part, I'm going to go lo-fi, and I'm going to say donate blood. <laughs> I've recently um, been donating blood. That's it's like awesome. the easiest thing in the whole world. Yeah. One, you're doing something tough, and I think a theme of our conversation tonight mm-hmm. is like this idea of sacrifice. Maybe you're not doing the most intuitive thing right now. Maybe you're doing sure. something that's a little tougher and, and weirder, but if you keep your long-term goal in mind, which should probably coincide with something like you know peace on earth and, and brotherhood and solidarity, um, you can gain more benefits than you lose in the present moment. So give them blood. Dude, it's like, one, you're probably scared of needles because needles are scary and they hurt and it's like really weird to think of yeah. something like penetrating into your insides. It's strange. It's <laughs> Unless you're a hot chick. hey But... Um, so it's a great way to conquer a fear that you probably have because you're stronger than needles. Like, yeah. you can beat needles. Um, and you can just help people. And it's like you have a shitload of blood in your meat sack that you don't need, and you'll make more of it, and other people need it. So give blood. You can do it every two months. Um, and I actually just made really good friends with my blood donor, like, worker. She's actually probably coming on the podcast. Um, she's a sweetheart. Um and then I guess I would just like to end by thanking you very much for coming on. Of course. You've been a hero of mine since that fateful day <laughs> when I walked in and saw you sweaty and flexing your traps and pacing and, like a madman. Dude, your pace, that's what it was. Yeah. It was just your walk back and forth like you were a, f- a man on a mission. I have workers of mine who have Googled and seen a picture on Google Images and been like, holy oh shit. Who is that? Who is what? What were you? You're such a nice guy, and I'm like, you were not a nice guy. <laughs> you were anything not on the mat. You were not a on the mat. sweetheart, but like, yeah, not on exactly. the mat. On the mat, yeah, it's like yeah. you were. I don't man. do you any favors by being nice on the mat. Agree. Welcome to hell. So yeah. So thank you for being continued <laughs> and a continued inspiring figure uh, to me. There was a, a obvious reason I wanted you on here is because you just, you just, you're such a righteous inspiring motivational positive character in my life and i wanted to share you with with my audience so thank you very much for coming on and uh, i look forward to to much more insight in the years to come well it's great to see just how much um you kind of break open life and don't put boundaries on what you talk about on the show and really allow it to be a forum for ideas um, that's awesome because that's so much of what's the void mm-hmm. in society. People don't right. want to talk about things they're uncomfortable with. Right. But you have to, especially those things. Yeah. 
Yeah, you need to push those boundaries, or yeah. else you're going to live in your own perfect bubble, which is so limited and so not achieving what you want in life. So, anyway, thanks to you and uh, to all the listeners, especially in Phoenix, who I'm hoping there's at least one listener in Phoenix. Otherwise, it's not going to worry. The joke will be fall flat. <laughs> Uh, is there anything you're you're working on? Any charities or specific things you want to point people's attention to? Or? Um, well, so ugh, okay, so um, my wife, the good Jessica Lee Dupuy Dupre, um, is loving teaching at Chappelle, the high school in the area. But she's getting more into the human trafficking ministry. Wow. Uh, which is not easy and not easy for a husband to allow his wife to go into. Um, I think that that is one of the fundamental industries which is undercutting so much of what we want as a society mm-hmm. um, in terms of goodness, peace, and harmony. And so if I could direct somebody towards, I won't say a specific charity, but just a good a cause. cause, a greater awareness. Um, I, th- I think so often we're just like, oh, human trafficking. It's in the movie Taken and Taken Two, and and, uh, Taken and Russia, and that's about it, you know. Yeah. Um, but but really, like in every major city here in New Orleans for the Super Bowls, um, I mean, it's it is rampant. It is like a, a freaking virus you can't get rid of. Um, and so I would, yeah, I'd direct people's attention towards that. Just making yourself more aware if you care about. The world around you. If you care about um, about society, then then you care about issues outside of yourself. That's one that I think is is a prominent, um, subservient sort of um, menace that is eating at society. So, all right. Well, look out for your fellow man, everybody. This is Jonathan Dupre and Coach Beef signing off. Sayonara. HarvestMoonRoasters.com If you want to really drink just some good old-fashioned cold brew Maybe yummy pine-needled Infused brew from the north of Spain If you've got that kind of palate Or you want some other Fresh Grinds Harvest Moon stuff HarvestMoonRoasters.com